0: J Nelson here. Uh, you know what the J stands for? Connor is with me. This is 372 pages. We'll never get back. Connor, do you know what the J is? That's uh,
1: wow. Does it John?
0: Yeah, that's oh, okay. my, my parents were not parents. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I don't know. Jojo. His name. Yes, I uh, know.
1: Jojo might have been. Uh, that would be the sort of thing where the past 15 years flashed before my eyes. Yeah, that
0: woo. That would be that. That would have come out, I'm sure, <laughs> in some sort of uh, get me on the ground in a circle and taunt me kind of way. You're waving know. your hands at Bridget. No,
2: don't. Ta- <laughs> no, oh,
0: oh. not even for a cheap laugh. Come on. Uh, this is uh, 372 pages. We'll never get back. This is the podcast where we talk about books that Connor and I, who also work together over at Rifttracks.com, check it out. Are um, we go through books we don't expect to like, and then we. Kind of break them down, and uh, we're in the middle of one called Gump and Co. Yeah. By the late Winston Groom. Uh, Connor, uh, what are your thoughts?
1: Well, my thoughts is, I, I thought about this about 10 minutes ago, is that we've neglected to to use the term of phrase, it's time to take a gump the whole time we are <laughs> okay. reading this book. So that's, uh, my, uh, that's where I'm at with this one.
0: Points off. We deserve to have our Patreon account taken away from us. Right?
1: <laughs> but uh, evidently, I mean, we, we, we picked this book because uh, obviously Forrest Gump was one of the most popular movies of the 90s. Uh, this, bo- this book never got made into a movie, so it was sort of a, a black sheep follow-up. And none of us had read the book the movie was based on, obviously. But and when we thought that it was probably a, a movie book. A series that was not going to have aged particularly well. However, <laughs> I got an email uh, this this week from a, a listener named Thomas who informed us that the the Gump Zeitgeist may be just starting to stir up again. Oh my goodness! <laughs> in a, in, a Do tell. in an unexpected way. And I by all accounts, this does not appear to be parody. <laughs> uh, it doesn't appear to be a prank. But he emailed and just said. The official Hindi adaptation of Forrest Gump was just announced and will release this August. And he links to the Hindustan Times, which has a article. Uh, it says that in the almost three-minute-long trailer, we get a glimpse at Amir Lal Singh's Chada. Chada, Sorry. Um, Amir's Lal Singh Chada, a simple unassuming man raised on a farm by his doting mother... We see how the young Lal had a disability that required him to have leg braces, and then miraculously he broke free as his friend yelled, Bog, Lal, Bog. No prize for run, forest, run flashbacks. And then we see him uh, go up, grow up, go to war. We see Vimy, who is the Jenny character. Uh, <laughs> and uh, the film flips through a few decades of Indian history, just like the original did with American history. And then there's a three minute trailer you can watch what (laughs) it looks like it's bizarre because it has you know the slow-mo of him running and the the braces falling off you have this guy who uh, i i don't know is is doing a goofy forrest gumpy expression throughout most of the trailer and it has the feather flying around as he's sitting on a bench it looks obviously it wouldn't be the same thing but it looks like something that you know tracy jordan would have you know what did you do during the uh (laughs) break between seasons tracy like Liz Lemon, I, I went to India, and I was in the remake of Forrest Gump. Like, it's bizarre. Wow.
0: If, you had, uh, if you had told me, no, they were doing the Hindi version of Air Bud, I right. would have yes. believed you more. I and mean, Like, that seems, yeah, about time. Yeah.
1: And I guess it's just a framework, you know? It's just a, uh, uh, every man sort of lives through major events in history, but uh, it's, a, it, it's, it's just a very strange thing to see uh, being remade three decades later.
0: Uh, I guess we're gonna have to sit through it.
1: <laughs> Where can I
0: stream this? You
1: can be uh you could be a fan of the uh the Hindi adaptation without ever having seen the first one. It can be your new rush documentary thing.
0: Right, <laughs> right. Take that stand
1: online and just, you know, swear at anyone who uh, <laughs> dares to cross me. And oh, it's I swear it's way better. And I'm sure that Hollywood does this all the time and we're just not even aware of it. But it's just, uh, it's just interesting to see it in reverse with a book that we've just finished reading. So I, uh, I guess Winston Groom's estate might be getting a, a check for this. Or maybe not. Maybe that wasn't part of his, his deal and that's why he was so bitter.
0: Yeah, I'm kind of, uh, now that you mention it, I'm kind of bitter. I think it was destroyed in, uh, we had a, a storage space that uh, a pipe broke and steamed all of our stored stuff to okay. <laughs> into pulp. And I had books in there. And one of them that I'm just now remembering was a friend went to Russia and brought back uh, Alien 3, the book, the novelization wow. of the movie <laughs> in Russian with a cover that someone had obviously just, you know, hand-drawn onto this thing. <laughs> and it was a beloved property, and now it's gone. Wow, so, damn. Yeah, yeah, quite a loss.
1: That would have been a, uh, a uh, you know... Well, why, are you, uh, why are you on day 600 of Russian Duolingo, Mike? Are you trying to, you know, read uh, <laughs> War and Peace in the original language? No. I'm trying to see how closely it adheres to the... <laughs> and to I the want the Fincher films. Director's Cut version! <laughs> yes. <sighs> All, All right. right,
0: so good. Let's get into... Uh, this is, by the way, the the last section of the book. We're reading the whole thing. We're going to be done today. So no real or fanfic, mm-hmm. although I'm sure some uh, listeners are going to write in.
1: Yes. Yeah, we'll get and, your statistics. Uh, we'll get your statistics updated by the end of this podcast.
0: Okay, good. And we have some, uh, obviously, some dumb sentences. Very much dumb
1: sentences, yes. Uh, but uh, let's dig in. True. Sure. The book has been progressing in a... Uh, You know, in a fairly predictable pattern of Forrest uh, coming to a town, getting involved with either a major historical event or just some uh, uh, hijinks and tomfoolery, and then leaving town as a uh, gang with pitchforks chase him away. And so far he's been through, what have we been through? The uh, Jim Baker, Tammy Faye, Jessica Hahn scandal, the Iran-Contra scandal. The famous uh, hog farm
0: explosion.
1: Sure. Uh. <laughs> the New Coke. I don't think that's a scandal, but the New Coke incident, and uh, he, he's he's gotten a pig. He's taken it to the zoo, but he's current. Oh, he's, he's crashed the Exxon Valdez, and now he's wound up in Iraq after bringing down the Berlin Wall, and he is uh, in a tank with uh, his former colonel or something, and they're they're headed to Baghdad.
0: And if you don't find anything funny about the first Gulf War, then you have not read Gump and Co., (laughs) because hilarious, the hijinks that he gets in. He also has a very irritating habit, I think it's very irritating, of having real people, that is historical figures, with Mm -hmm. their full and real name, mixed in with caricatures of characters. Uh, with the, with their name bastardized to be funnier, and uh, I find that extremely irritating. Pick one, man.
1: It's irritating because I don't know. I I cease to to know what's real. Like you know, later on we get to it. But he goes to Whitewater. You know, the, the Clintons, you know, developments. Mm-hmm. But then there's another name that sounds very much made up, and it's and it's real. But uh, I don't. It, it's the sort of thing you would do if you were you know, doing a, a book version of, you know, parody satire type of thing. But <laughs> you don't need to do that when you're talking about former U.S. presidents. <laughs> like, that's their, uh, they're, you, can, you can make fun of them. That's, that's been established. Like that's, Yes,
0: they are. they are a public figure you can have at it.
1: There wasn't a, uh, you know, a, a, a lawsuit from Gerald Ford versus Capitol Steps uh, that played out in, uh, you know, terse room, courtroom testimony
0: ford v steps the famous
1: <laughs> the famous case it might go a little something like this mr Ford Mr Ford all right well, yes. it, this starts off with uh, he says let us let me say this, us being in the city of Baghdad was about as welcome as a tank full of bastards at a family reunion, and that it just confused me because you sort of, he's mixing a metaphor because they are in a tank as they go to, to Baghdad, but he's supposing that a tank full of, of, of bastard children might show up at a family reunion, and I, I didn't understand whether they would, why they would be in a tank. Um, I, I guess it's just time to move on at this point in time. You, you don't
0: like that old uh, football coach saying, like <laughs> a tank full of bastards? A... <laughs> uh, and, you know, this was 1995, and he was, you know, uh, reaching back, I guess, you know, a decade or whatever for his references here. But here's something for the kids because, you know, kids are going to be lost with this. This book is now so old and the references might be old. So this is one for the kids. The post commander done took me off tank tread cleaning duty and put me on permanent latrine duty right out of no time for sergeants. (laughs) (laughs) I,
1: I did appreciate that.
0: Kids, the kids are like, I'm back in now. I love it again
1: and what is that
0: uh that was the uh a play i believe that uh made andy griffith famous wow so when andy griffith was in his 20s so i don't know what year that pegs it as yeah, probably 1892 yeah. or something uh, so there you go
1: i i just wrote four question marks that was my note okay i also realized the sentence i just read was from uh, chapter 12 and we're starting with chapter 11 here
0: Yes, we're in chapter 11.
1: <laughs> uh, so, yeah, he's on latrine duty, which, of course, is is fitting due to how much of the book deals with uh, him or other people being covered in excrements, whether human or not. Um, and then we get we get the, the most recent uh, of the running gag where the uh, someone hands him a paper and he reads the headline dimwit secures end of Cold War and then it has a, uh, an article about that. So I, I, looking back, this, this may have been the gag that really put the nail in, in print media. The internet had nothing to do with it. <laughs>
0: right. Yeah, this gag is irritating. But and here we get, uh, I'll just read from that. Sources said soccer fans in their efforts to apprehend Mr. Gump. This was the uh, fall of the, the wall. Yes. Uh, pursued him across the wall, and in the process began to dismantle the barrier, which has stood as a symbol of communist oppression for several decades. <laughs> I mean... Unkind people would say it was more than a symbol, the people trapped behind it yes. would say, wow, uh, they shot my uncle when he t- attempted to crawl the wall. So it's more than just a symbol to me, but I appreciate that.
1: Right. It's not like one of those, uh, you know, a printed out pair of eyes they put next to the coffee pot that you're supposed to put a quarter in in an office, you know, just a, yes. it's not like it's the St. <laughs> Louis arch that's like standing there, like representing the gateway to the West. It's, it's, it's a literal wall. It is. <laughs> Well the, uh, the the tone continues there very nicely because it says uh, joyous berliners of all political persuasions joined hands in tearing down the wall and ultimately held what sources described as the world's largest free floating street party and beer bash. So it's a uh, it was just a real beer bash when the wall came down. That's what I that was my I, takeaway I, as an 8-year-old. I wish I yes, could have been there.
0: Had not heard it described as a beer bash, but uh, I'm sure it was. <laughs> uh and then we get uh, so this richly textured character, Gretchen. Yeah. Uh, he talks to her after this, and uh, w- I guess he just kind of holds hands and walks with Gretchen. I'm not really sure what the character is supposed to be Yeah, or who it is, whether it's a real person. I don't know. Uh, but uh, she says, Ja, Forest, und what did you study? Football, I says, Ach. <laughs> so Gretchen is. Kathy meets the Cats and Jammer kids.
1: Yes, <laughs> yeah, with a little Bill the Cat thrown in. <laughs> yes. But that, thats a—that's uh, a punchline. That the, the uh, you you get sort of a it's not in there, but you get a three stars, and the uh, the conversation moves on, like the the book moves on. Right. Yeah. So, <laughs> uh, well, yeah, but Gretchen is is shockingly not a uh, a one and done character. Just like you know the the hog farm guy and all that, she she plays plays a big role. But as as you mentioned, you get these characters who are obviously real people and their names are slightly tweaked and they uh, leave Germany because his work there is done. Everyone's angry at him. Sent to uh, Saudi Arabia to fight mm-hmm. in the Gulf War, led mm-hmm. by yeah. their, their leader, General Norman Scheisskopf.
0: Ah yes, this is why I find it funny.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and you know what that means, Mister King? Have you did you look into the translation there?
0: Ah, I've been I've been to Germany a few times. I know the word well. <laughs> People yell it at me.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's a so he took Schwarzkopf and turned I you know and turned it into shithead, um, which not only I mean most I think Americans know shice or scheisse in German, but. Uh, it was, it was a joke from Catch-22. There was a, a, a military leader called that. Oh, I, well, he's
0: when, steal from the best. Sure, yes.
1: I guess so. Oh. Uh,
0: and he, he also, so Saddam uh, Hussein, which is what George Herbert Walker Bush, who shows up in this, mm-hmm. uh, used to call him to irritate him, I guess. Everyone made fun of him for mispronouncing it, but he was doing it on purpose, I guess. <laughs> Saddam. But in this, uh, Saddam Hussein. 4D
1: chess. Yeah, yes, indeed
0: gets uh, renamed as Saddam, I, I, as, as in damn you.
1: I didn't, I glossed over that every single time as I, until someone pointed it out to me.
0: Saddam and his Arab army, yes, it is spelled that way, I'm just reading, are <laughs> occupying the little country of Kuwait, which was known mostly for having a bunch of all wells. And I just thought... <sighs> Take that butcher of Baghdad. He's calling you Saddam. <laughs> As you murder brides and uh, you know, kill families and you know, ha ha, ha. he's calling you damn. Yeah, it's How do a, you like that?
1: I mean, if 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 if, if Saddam I'm going to say it, if Saddam wasn't uh wasn't done in by a Larry the Cable Guy routine, this might be the uh the knockout blow, I think. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's it's very odd I mean, we can talk about this, but let me let me read you this uh, this line, too. Because um, this is sort of like what we talked about. Was it in this book where a character has funny names, or was that the last book? I can't even keep them straight, where you, where you give someone a funny name and then make fun of the name. Where you, you Oh, yes. Invent- That's been in pretty much every book
0: that we've done, <laughs> but I think the last one had one, yes.
1: But he says uh, uh the, the Arab men wear them cloaks, too, and most of them have on them little shoes with toes that curl up at the ends. Somebody says that is because when they is out in the desert and got to take a shit, they can grab a hold of the ends of the shoes when they bend over and it keeps them on balance. Whatever. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I, I just think, you know, he's, he's sort of inventing a, a stereotype and then making, making a joke about that the same sort of way.
0: I don't know, I just wrote Facts King on it, and then I, I <laughs> yes. forgot to visit.
1: Yes. <laughs> but, but so, man, my question as I continued to read this, because it keeps coming up, is like, what do you, what, what, what was your takeaway about the author here? Like, what are we, what can you gain into the insight of how this author's worldview worked? Because as far as I'm concerned, it's just an absolute blank slate. I,
0: I feel like, I think that he's trying to tell a tall tale a la your favorite author, Mark Twain, oh, sure, and coming up so far short that it's barely recognizable as such. <laughs> but the- and so all these little, yeah, the, that little thing is supposed to be, you know, he'd say, well, that's just a, that's what we do in the South. We make up things and, you know, we make fun of them. And so I don't know that, that would be my take of if, Winston Groom were here. to yeah. he defend himself with that
1: because he. I mean, he see he does bring up so much of you know real life events and and you know every every president from the eighties on. But he uh, he just it seems to have that sort of like almost South Parkian like everybody's an idiot nihilism to it yes. type of thing. Yeah,
0: yep, yep. I noted that as well.
1: But, yes, but he's also just you know his, he appears to be a, like other than writing these terrible books, he writes like military history. So like in this you know in, in this section where he's sort of like. You know, Daryl Shyskoff, it doesn't seem like that's his actual viewpoint. So it was very, very puzzling to, uh, I mean, I I think that this book, as we guessed, was probably written in under a month. So um, you probably shouldn't judge him by that. But it's still just a very odd thing to uh, (laughs) not be able to understand where he's coming from with any of this.
0: Yeah, and I I told you beforehand, and I I believe this is true, this last section, I really feel like he was constantly checking the word count for the contractual obligation. Like, uh, okay, I did the Gulf War. Right. <laughs> uh, I'm still at 71,000 words. I need to hit 75 to make uh, yeah. my contractual obligation. Where else? Where else? Where else? <laughs> yeah. Yep.
1: Bump it up from novella to novel in terms of yeah. like a guy yeah. doing uh, NaNoWriMo trying to hit his 50K. <laughs> uh, steals the pig back? Yeah, why not? <laughs> I know. Who cares? <laughs> yeah, really. It's It's like Larry without the drunken joy.
0: Right. <laughs> that's, wow that's a that's a sad thought.
1: <laughs> well, uh, to keep it moving, he he encounters uh, Sue again because there's a uh, he goes to the the markets of um, w- w- the markets of Saudi Arabia, I guess. He buys his son mm-hmm. a, a sword, and then he sees a uh, a, a guy drinking Kool Aid and playing a hurdy gurdy, and then there's a big orangutan on the end of a rope dancing. <laughs> um, <laughs> So he's, he's, he's an old-timey organ grinder, and he says that he's, uh, he's staring into the face of old Sue from the good old days when I was a spaceman back in New Guinea, which is a, uh, just sort of one of those scanners' head-exploding sentences.
0: <laughs> uh, yes, and uh, uh, which, by the way, you, you glossed over the shopkeeper and another shopkeeper joke. Okay. Wh- which is your favorite so far? Oh, Was brother. it buying the totem pole?
1: Oh, right. Yes. yes
0: he gets... Because that one was hilarious. This one was also very, very funny.
1: Totem pole. And what was the third thing he bought? Um...
0: Oh, he bought a t- like a tuba? Or no, oh, a, yeah, yeah. An alpine horn German,
1: German alpine horn, yeah. Yeah.
0: All of them hilarious. Um, but uh, so Lieutenant uh, Dan shows up. So it's obviously it's Dan with uh, with Sue on the end of the rope. <laughs> And here's what, he, here's what he does. The 8th grade paper review. Tell him what you told him thing. Well, Gumpy says, I read in the newspapers you ain't wasted no time staying in the doghouse. You done tricked the Ayatollah, got thowed in jail for contempt in the Congress, caused a riot down at some religious theme park, got arrested and put on trial for swindling millions of people, was responsible. And it goes on. Yeah. It just rehashes the book. Uh, why can't he, why can't Lieutenant Dan just say, instead of doing this, just go, boy, you, I've heard about you a lot lately. You've been in a heap of trouble. Yeah. I sure have, Dan. Just do what he does every time
1: and be like, where you been, you asshole? <laughs> you puckered butthole. <laughs> yeah, he's not, he didn't do a podcast where he took a break for two weeks and it had to sort of like catch people up to where things were. But he does and, say, he says, all in all, you've had a fair few years. And I was, I, you know, I, I, I lose track of these things. But I was like, it really, it's been a few years. Is he going to be, be back in time for forest go- uh, little, little Forest College graduation at this point in time?
0: I, the time thing, I'm, I'm very confused on. And when it gets towards the end, I have even more questions yeah. about it, <laughs> uh, about what's happening. But yeah, it, it does seem to be, since the start of the book, if you had to guess, how long did you think it was? I, I thought it was all in the same. I thought they were just tumbling over one another.
1: Yeah, and I, I assumed it was sort of a, a magical condensed version of time just because, I mean, but we did have like when he was doing the hog farming being like then three months later, then it was December, then like, you know, so I, he he spent a year on the hog farm at alone, I think. So when you really, when you look at it, you know, critically, which I refuse to do, he, uh, I guess it's probably all in there.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, let, me, let me hit you with, uh, let me hit you with a uh, Mark Twain humor here. Okay. Uh, anyway, we gone over to the Kasbah, or whatever they call it—just <laughs> the dismissal—and <laughs> got Sue a banana, and me and Lieutenant Dan ate soup that had toad larvae or something in it. You know, he says, "I sure wish these Arabs had some oysters, but I bet they ain't one within a thousand miles of here." What I asked, "Arabs?" No, you stupo oysters," Uy. says Dan. <laughs> huh?
1: <laughs> <laughs> Football coach humor uh, Yeah, I mean Bazooka Joe I feel like, you know, that ends with Mort You know, having surprise lines coming out of the top of his head
0: Right, right, exclamation points uh, And I honestly think So this is the Dan Who I think were was a beloved character in the movie I'm guessing
1: Yeah, I mean, they had a friendship Like that was what it was all about he is reduced
0: to a character that I honestly think the Spice Girls have more depth and of character.
1: <laughs> <laughs> like a character you know, in the
0: Spice Girls movie? Uh, no, like, like just oh, the band, like Sporty like, Spice. Yeah. I know more about Sporty Spice. She was than athletic, sure. That Dan likes oysters. <laughs> That's all I know about him. And he drills down on that in a way that is, I find it just embarrassing. Like, oh, stop it.
1: Yeah, and I, you know, spoiler alert, it, it does pay off, quote unquote. But um, it wasn't into sort of, you know, Usual Suspects mug dropping moment. We are like, you know what? He he did mention oysters a while ago. It, it comes to a head, and you're like, God damn! Yeah, okay, we know Like the oyster count may be as high, as, as many as asses in here.
0: Oh, that's well, that'd be a good one for. Uh, get out your uh, statistics and uh, check that out. Oh my yeah.
1: God! What's your <laughs> what's your uh, what's your over under on how many times oysters is mentioned in Gump and Company?
0: Oh my God! <laughs> well, he does start an. I'm going to say uh, forty nine,
1: a hundred and twelve. <laughs> Shit is mentioned 125 times. So. Yes, that's it incredible. Is. How about ass? Ass? Well, ass. There could be like assume or something like that. But ass, as the three-letter combo, is 148 times. So good. That's Excellent. stunning.
0: Um, Jenny gets in on the ass thing. The ghost of Jenny.
1: Okay.
0: Uh, got your ass in a sling. Aren't you going to go out and fight the Arabs tomorrow? Says beloved.
1: <laughs> right. Ghost
0: of Jenny. Delicate, sweet Jenny. <laughs> yes.
1: And her advice was to uh, stick with Lieutenant Dan and listen to him. Listen real carefully. So that, you know, if the uh, 112 mentions of oysters <laughs> wasn't enough, then she's really, uh, she's really like landed on thick there. The, uh, the, I just wanted to go back to, you, you know, because I I was hung up on the, I missed sort of that Bazooka Joe joke because the the soup that had toad larva in it or something I was just mm-hmm. I, I I had no idea whether that was a clumsy like tofu joke or just uh mm. um I, I the, you know it seems like that is a joke that a guy in the 90s... you know that was like sixty percent of nineties humor was like tofu you want me to eat what like um but to to make a joke about a weird foreign food uh, that starts with toad but wasn't tofu uh, to me that was just it was it was bad 90s hack humor, you know. It wasn't good 90s hack humor about uh the airplane back black box and all that.
0: Well, is it at all accurate? The Arab culture is I, known for eating soup with toad larvae I, in it,
1: I, you know. It's I mean,
0: think think of the the 90s stand-up with his, you know, deconstructed jacket with the sleeves pushed up in the brick wall. I don't think he's going to go for <laughs> it. Right. Uh, I went over to uh, Saudi Arabia. I had that soup with toad larvae in it. <laughs> yes, right. The audience is like, w- wait, what?
1: Boo! <gasps> don't
0: they eat, like, roasted goat and stuff if you're going to make fun of them? I mean, is
1: that... Uh... Yeah. Anyway. Guys in the stands who are holding their, like, you know, do the uh, driveway park may material signs. Like <laughs> like you hold up a sign for uh, Shakedown Street at the Grateful Dead show. Like, I don't know. <laughs> <sighs> yeah. I, I don't know. It, it just... The, I think it speaks to yeah the 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 four week period of writing the book is all that all that takes
0: uh and now I'm going to raise the complaint we're almost through chapter eleven we'll we'll pick this up um that I had not noticed this, and once I noticed it, it's like uh when you you have a professor or something who says. Um, or so, you know, has a quirk in the speech, and then mm-hmm. you notice it, and you can't not notice it anymore. Uh-huh. And then you tell your friend to, so that it bugs him too. Like <laughs> you notice how every time he, in the middle of a sentence, he'll like wipe the side of his mouth and then cough. I'm like, damn it, why did you tell me that? <laughs> uh, it's the uh, so that's what we did uh, thing uh, that yeah. he ends. So we done that. Mm-hmm. So we get uh, look forward to kicking Saddam's asses out of Kuwait, and that's what we done. Then a couple of pages later, we're going to go to Iraq to whip his heathen ass. So that's what we did. Yep. Hell no, says Dan, blah, blah, blah. And let's keep it. So that's what we did. Ends the chapter with it. Yes. Um, I hate that. And I don't understand it. What is the, is that a joke? Is that, what, what is that?
1: A, a, a dumb guy telling a story, I suppose. Like. In the style of a of a fifth grade you know book report type of thing, but does <laughs> does he need it every three paragraphs? No. I, I, uh.
0: <laughs> okay, so it is word count filling.
1: Uh, yes, I I, okay. I I think so. Although you know the fact that it does come up so often, um, I mean I feel like that's just about how every chapter ends. You know, like with some sort of you know it's not foreshadowing. Um, it's just drilling down on <laughs> what they've announced their plans are to do. So and had this happened was this
0: uh something that i just missed before because it seems to come very very frequently now to the end of the book
1: uh yeah i i feel like it was i think i think it happened enough in the early stages that i sort of just stopped noticing it because it, okay. it you know it was the opposite of like you know your classmate calling attention to the professor's tick. it was just like filler that you know i learned to <laughs> i learned to speed read over Okay. All right. I like the uh the, the final one of those is the one that ends the chapter, but it starts with, with this line from um America's beloved hero. Uh they're asking about when they should you know, how they should get to Baghdad. He says, What mm-hmm. about you, gump, Sergeant Krantz asks You got an opinion? I don't give a shit, I says. <laughs> and that was the truth. <laughs> so hopefully that's a line that they pick up in the uh in the uh Indian version of the movie.
0: Yes, or if, you know, Tom Hanks wants to do his uh, swan song Oscar movie, mm-hmm. revisit the character, uh, really up the shit and ass count, uh, <laughs> I, would, uh, I would be happy to see that. Uh, chapter 12.
1: Yeah, so this is the one that starts with them being as welcome as a tank full of bastards at a family reunion.
0: Yes. Uh, and we get, Forrest, he says, handing me the pistol. Take over and keep this some bitch covered. And if he makes any false moves, blow his ass away. <laughs> I'm just keeping count of the ass for you
1: yes. <laughs> I
0: feel that's my duty
1: uh well they uh that's they're they're talking about uh they're going to go capture Saddam because mm-hmm. they they stop at a uh gas station um to refill the the tank, which you know whatever it doesn't at this point in time it doesn't matter but um it seems. Uh, unlikely that you just pull into your regular mobile with a tank and fill it up. But uh, they see a, uh, a a man gets out of an armored vehicle, a big bushy mustache and wearing green fatigue uniform and a little red beret. Everybody be sort of Koto to him. So that's a word that Forrest Gump knows. Mm-hmm. And uh, they it's identified as Saddam, <laughs> Saddam Hussein himself. And then uh, he, he stands in front of them with his hands on his hips and starts laughing to his guards and flunkies. See, uh, I think this is the sergeant says, I told you, you ain't got nothing to fear. Oh, sorry. This is Saddam. Saddam, yeah. I told you, you ain't got nothing to fear, because I think Sue is poking his head out of the, uh, the tank, because the orangutan mm-hmm. has come with them. You ain't got nothing to fear from those American soldiers. Look what we got here driving one of their best tanks. One's a cripple, and the other guy's so fucking ugly, he almost looks <laughs> like an ape. At this, Sue got a pained look on his face. So I I just, uh, Tony Danza's Going Ape wished it had a a scene that clever or poignant.
0: (laughs) Uh, I've never seen that. We have to have a watch party. That would
1: be fun, yeah. I I, I put myself on the line for maybe getting punched for that, but we'll see.
0: Yes. Uh, I forgot to mention, by the way, the reason that Sue, the orangutan, Mm -hmm. the male orangutan, Mm -hmm. huh? Pretty hilarious. (laughs) A boy named Sue. And then... Wow.
1: uh, I didn't even realize that was the obvious... uh,
0: Yeah. God. Yes. I know. I hate it more. Uh, Lieutenant Dan, uh, they just tagged along. And uh, he makes a mention of that. Like, nobody minded that uh, they just like, hey, why is there... That's a two-man operation. Why do you have four guys in that tank? One of them an orangutan (laughs) and the other a man with no legs. And they just said, no, nobody seemed to care. Right. Was, which I guess is, again, he would say, uh-huh, that's a dig at the army, right? Because they don't care, <laughs> I, I guess. I, don't I guess, yeah. Anyway, that's why they're there.
1: General Scheitzkoff was too busy, uh, you know, eating and doing a CNN interview with, like, Wolfenblitzdy. <laughs> <laughs> Got him. <laughs> Check. He's roasted. <laughs> Larry, K- a single tear, rolls down Larry's face as he's not mentioned in the book and his colleague is.
0: Uh, let's get back to the the rich, rich character of Lieutenant Dan. When I asked him if I could have a last meal of some fried oysters, he claimed he didn't have any. Whoever heard of a man that runs a whole country couldn't get himself some oysters if he wanted to. Dan, the character's just like, you're getting a sense of it? It's, It's like, uh... It's like Russian literature. It's the, you know, the, yeah. it's just the internal dialogue and, and you, you get a sense of who he actually is. Right. He you, likes oysters.
1: You, you sense that, uh, you know, the man he was before he lost his legs and the man he is now, like the, uh, he used to kind of like oysters and now he really likes oysters. So it's, it's <laughs> the, the trauma has been, you, you feel it yourself as a reader. <laughs> <laughs> but he just also talked about how they can't get them. There probably isn't one within a thousand miles of here. So
0: now uh, we also get a joke from uh, uh general uh, Norman Shyskoff. Okay. Uh, my orders, says the general kind of looking around to make sure nobody's watching. We're specifically not to capture that butthole you got in that tank. <laughs> and now what have you done? You're going to get my ass in a sling with the president himself. So, General shithead gives us two gives us a
1: butthole and an ass. Yeah, where there's smoke About, there's fire. I was very happy. <laughs> we but they they did they, they captured Saddam because yes. they got into a, you know, a trademark Benny Hill chase um but with the, you know, I, Iraqi army and it was provoked by uh Sue popping up taking a slop bucket, which have played a pretty prominent role in here. There's the hog slopping and slop buckets. Throwed the whole load of shit right in the guards' faces, and then they took off at top speed, uh, leaving the guards behind all gagging and flailing around and holding their noses so that right. was that was the, uh, that was sort of how the war was won type of thing, uh, but I have no idea i i, had, I, I didn't understand um, you know he just sort of hand waves that away like my orders are not to capture that guy without any you know i, I if that's a commentary, I don't. that's a lot of credit to assign to here. I don't really know what they're trying to do.
0: I think that he just decided he was going to, you know, roast the first Gulf War. <laughs> and then the best way to do it, all, uh, like an airplane movie, you know, where you have Saddam Hussein. or,
1: uh, Yeah, I Hot Shots it, Part Do. Hot due, uh, Shots uh, Part yes. Do
0: kind of a thing was to, you know, get, get the guy with the mustache and the beret. Pretty easy to parody. But then he realized, oh, people know that he was not... Got captured it. Captured or killed. I guess so, so, yeah. I guess we just have to have Norman shithead say, <laughs> no, we take him back. Uh, because I didn't see the point of that either, other than that, yeah, it it is just a Benny Hill thing. Like, what? Take him back. You know, rub yeah. their eyes and walk. Yeah.
1: <laughs> sure, it was just sort of missing Shyshkoff, you know, red-faced, th- throwing his hat down on the ground and stomping it up and down while balling his fists, I guess. So that's, yeah. that's the- <laughs>
0: Uh, Then we get a joke from uh, Saddam. That old fart, Saddam says, has caused me a lot of trouble. I hope he roasts in hell, has to eat tripe and pickled pig's feet for the rest of eternity. Uh, To which Lieutenant Dan says, I can see you are a man of great Christian charity. To this, Saddam has no response. (laughs) I don't know with jokes like this, ah go back to that what's time to a pig stuff that was uh that was better sure better jokes i I assume this is, comes from some old joke or something
1: yeah that does uh that does harken back to your you know thirties joke book or whatever you have right. or a New yorker cartoon <laughs> I don't know Larry King I mean I guess that's why maybe he uh you know he was quoted about the first book, but not this one well as they're driving him back, Saddam to drop him off in the in the thing they uh they, they observe that he has like ordered that the iraqs iraqis have lit the uh oil wells all wells in kuwait on on, mm-hmm. on fire to sort of mm-hmm. uh, um you know but he's he says it it struck us all as a very sour grapes thing to do <laughs> which is a, a glib way to describe the, you know, the the horrors of the war
0: yes uh <laughs> saddam though um uh, oh, wait, no, this is somebody else. Sorry, sorry. But we get a lot. Of, I'm just keeping track of the ass. Sure. Right. Yep. On your way, you degenerate turd, says Sergeant Krantz and he give old Saddam a big kick in the ass. <laughs> Last we seen of him, he was dro- jogging across the desert trying to cover his self in front and behind. So a lot of implied ass and wang there. Yeah, yeah. So turd, ass, wang, and ass again.
1: And that's a very, uh, you know, those 90s style movies we were talking about. Like you could picture him running in sort of sped up film, um, you know, doing a a sort of zigzag through the desert, covering his, you know, front and ass back to back um, as a... the lens does the sort of porky pig in on him as he's running right. away.
0: Reminded me of, uh, didn't we dangerous man? Was oh yeah. Movie that had the guy in the desert. That's
1: exactly. What, yeah. What I'm thinking of here, <laughs> right. holding maybe a leaf up in front of him or something. Yes. Yes. Speaking uh, of porky pig, they, uh, they, they did this joke again, cause they did this with the, I Ayat- but, uh, they, when they had Saddam before they took him back, Sergeant Crans brought Saddam Hussein, a big old plate of greasy pork chops. But he say he don't care for any, so hungry or not, off we went. So that's... uh, (laughs) They don't eat pork. Can you imagine that's...
0: (laughs) Oh, he's getting... Yeah, the pickled pig's feet earlier. Mm -hmm. Tripe. Yeah. Good Ah, stuff. Good stuff. Funny, funny stuff. (laughs) Funny (laughs) stuff.
1: As they start returning back, so they've, they've, they've gone across the desert, a trip that Forrest refers to, I believe he called it, kind of boring. Yep, kind of boring, which is like you don't say as we do it for a third time. Uh, we're doing it the fourth time. Uh, they realize, um, based on their tanks, uh, screen, he says their instrument screen, they look at it and realize that an aircraft is locked onto them and they think it's one of theirs. So I don't know what's really telling them that from their, uh, display, but he says, uh, uh, Oh, Dan says again, what they have fired at us. Who else? Dan says he had begun to spin the tank around when there was a huge explosion that literally blew the tank apart. (laughs) Uh, And then uh, you're trying to pull them out. Um, Sue in the back, he's pinned down. He gets Dan's uh, arm, and he's trying to pull him out. But he's like, you know, sorry, like I'm pinned down. Forrest, we've had ourselves a hell of a war, haven't we? Hurry, Dan, grab hold of my hand, I screamed. See you around, pal, is all he says. And then the tank blowed up. So I I, I guess it was not literally blew up the first time. Yes, it it blew apart
0: the second time. Got it. Uh, yeah, it literally blew the tank apart. All of us is thawed every which way, and the cabin is filled with smoke and fire.
1: So I guess the cabin's technically a separate part of the tank since the tank was literally blown up.
0: I guess everything but... I don't know how you keep a tank's cabin intact when the tank itself has been blown apart.
1: Right. And, I'm, uh, I'm,
0: I'm having trouble picturing
1: <laughs> that physically. Right, and you're pinned down by things inside of it as it's blown apart. And those sentences are maybe uh ten, eleven, twelve sentences apart. So it's a uh, it's a hard thing to to screw up that royalty <laughs> Yes. Um and his uh his his farewell to uh to uh Dan and Sue as he says all the way back across the desert that night, I felt so terrible I couldn't even bring myself to cry. Two of the best friends a man ever had and now they are gone too. It is a loneliness almost too sad to believe. They're assing around in heaven now. I guess. I yeah.
0: also thought, does he? He must hate the, his own character of Lieutenant Dan. You know, to, to like he's humiliated him before. He was all, he was like filled with crap and like he was about yeah. to die. Right? He had to go. Milky eyes. Read. He
1: can't see. Yeah.
0: yeah. So and but now he blows him up and then claims that Forrest was just as good a friend to sue the orangutan <laughs> as <laughs> Lieutenant Dan, and then kicking him after he's dead. Uh, fact was, there wasn't enough left of Dan and Sue to fill a can of beans.
1: <laughs> just hates
2: his character, Dan.
1: Right. For a guy who was, you know, I think you could describe him as being pretty much, he was in the book. Uh, it, d- it does seem like he heaps a lot onto him at the end. Uh, and I guess throughout the throughout the journey for someone who is really just a, a foil there to you know live homelessly and go to the hospital. <laughs> right. I don't know. But uh, Sergeant Crand sums it up thusly, which I, I was I, I found very exciting. I'm going to miss him. Sergeant Crand says, "We had ourselves a hell of a ride, and so that's probably the closest we're ever going to get to an actual hell of a rig in the in the book. It's in a book we read itself. Oh, so close! <laughs> it was so close. You know, we, we had a hell of a ri. So, man,
0: oh, <laughs> somebody just write a book and put that in just for us, right? Please, please. <laughs> we'll do it.
1: Uh, I, I don't know. Uh, you know, he, he sees Jenny, I guess they're leaving on the plane with to the States with their ashes and she's there in the seat next to him, like a, like a gremlin that William Shatner seeing or something, but they don't talk. They just sort of, uh, she sits there to keep him company on the way home.
0: She doesn't even, you know, say ass or show him her ass. No, so doesn't, uh, waste an opportunity Ass
1: to, to, to poop on the drink cart or anything like that. <laughs> Oh, oh man! That was a '90s thing. That could have been something he initiated. That that guy,
0: I who people knew his name. He was a prominent businessman. In case people don't know what we're talking about, true story: a disgruntled drunk person on an airplane took a dump on the drink cart <laughs> and. In one of the
1: greatest feats of, you know, uh, number two performance you could ever imagine, you know.
0: Because you have to, in your own head, you have to go through the steps of how did this man (laughs) (laughs)
1: pull this off. right. It's, you know, there was that scene in the Jackass movie where a guy walked into a hardware store and did that, which again requires some performance under pressure. But this guy is, I mean, he might have inspired that whole TV show.
0: Yes, but that actual guy, is uh, he's, he's gone. We lost him a few oh, years ago.
1: Yeah. We, we lost him, yes. He was—he <laughs> that's, that's, got his own uh, picture in the Oscar in memoriam reel. <laughs> Maybe the Emmys, because he was probably uh, late-night talk show material for a month after that.
0: Oh, speaking of ass and poop. Oh, <laughs> good for him. A, a true hero. Um, chapter 13? Yes, Chapter 13. Let's just march on, yeah.
1: Yeah. Um, he, he has at some point in time gotten a uh, a letter from Jenny's mom, Mrs. Coran, who says that like you know she's getting old and she can't look after this boy anymore. Which you know, little Forest has to be about the age of getting a driver's license by this point in time. So, um, I think
0: she says he's starting to be a teenager
1: or something like that. That's a very weird way to put, which it, I yeah. guess is
0: a joke, but I think that's what it was. He's, he's starting to be a teenager.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Uh, but he, he he paints a real good picture here as he he um, as the chapter begins. It was a cloudy and gray day when I got back to Mobile. I got to Mrs. Carran's house, and she was sitting inside in a rocking chair, knitting a doily or something. So it's like we're there.
0: <laughs> yeah. I I li- I liked how that is at once sort of like insulting. She's just a I don't know. She's some old lady. But then he also just takes it back or something (laughs) like I can't be bothered to eat. She's beneath contempt. Right. She's just old. She's yeah. Right. She she just sat there exuding old lady smell or whatever.
1: Right. She's like an unattractive whistler's mother. (laughs) Yeah. Because knitting a doily is about that's, you know, that's I think feel like a a stereotype for old people to do. But yeah, just dismisses that out of hand. (laughs) It could be something even more boring and stupid. I don't know.
0: Uh, but uh, so little forest does show up, and I'm very puzzled by this. Only thing is, he is wearing an earring in his ear, which leads me to wonder what sort of underwear he has got on. Uh, th- what? Uh,
1: yeah, I mean, I think it's a you know, I think it's your 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 '60s football coach kind of joke yet again. Like, you know, like about like, you know, them, them guys has gotten long hair. What kind of underwear is they wearing? Okay. Like ladies underwear. I mean, I think, I think it's a, a, a gay joke, essentially.
0: Uh, a little bit of a self-own though, right? To, uh, to use another loathsome phrase. Uh-huh. Uh, with, it makes me wonder what, what you are.
1: You're, you're, you're wondering about whether your son your is son's wearing, is yeah. underpants. <laughs>
0: okay, kind of circles back on you, but that's fine.
1: Yeah, and you feel like, you know, no matter what, Forrest is, you know, obviously in, in this version, he's that, that I don't give a shit kind of guy, but he does, you know, he comes into contract with a lot of people from various walks of life, and that was the, in the movie he was, um you know sort of accepting I guess is the is the you know in a sort of innocent kind of way like the famous line for the movie is like sorry for ruining your Black Panther party but you know you hung out with the Black Panthers and stuff so <laughs> it's, a, it's a very odd you know I think every, a lot of listeners wrote in to to say that that was a uh, a very weird part of the book so right it would be great if it played out and Forrest was like yeah I'm, you know I'm wearing a pair of uh grandma's panties like what do you <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> you've been gone for three years like what do you want me to say
0: yeah which brings me to this um, I, again I think he would defend this but uh, uh, so Forrest basically does like whatever man I don't care you know and walks away uh, and then he, he says ain't nothing like a warm welcome home is it you know sarcastically like you you couldn't have been expecting one would you <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> You, you've been
1: you've been assing around for his entire life, right? Go you, going to prison, you know, caused major disasters, like <laughs>
0: yeah. Worked at a uh, a biblical theme park. Um, you didn't you didn't have to do that. You could have been with <laughs> you could have been with Forrest during well during all of it. Let's be honest.
1: Yeah, it it read like a lost verse of Cats in the Cradle. I thought it was just like so. You're back, huh? Looks that way. For how long this time? Well, way, we I got it figured for good. What you going to do? That one I ain't figured out yet. I wouldn't have thought so. He says, and goes back to his room. <laughs> My boy was just like me.
0: Can I borrow the keys? My boy is just like me.
1: What I really like, Dad, is to ass around in town. <laughs> Speaking of assing around, this is uh, he. He starts to lying. He starts lying to uh, Granny and Little Forest about what he's doing. He says, "I told him I done found work so I could support him." But the truth was, I begun using up my separation pay from the army to pay the bills and spent my days at a soda fountain drinking Coca Cola and eating Fritos. So, if that doesn't constitute assin around, I don't. I don't know what does. (laughs)
0: Textbook assing around Actually in the dictionary There's a picture of that Next yeah. to assing around
1: <laughs> Yeah He also probably uh, yeah, read, read the comic books Until the guy chased him away With a broom Saying you know This ain't a library
0: <laughs> uh, So here, here is where I start wondering How old he is And what is the time Because he wants to get a job He says Seems there weren't no big market For ditch digging at the moment And besides One of the bosses told me I was too old for such work We need up-and-coming young fellers who are looking to make a career of this. Not some old fart who is just wanting enough work to buy a quart of jug wine, was the way he put it. (laughs) How old? An old fart? (laughs) He was just the star star quarterback, right? Right, three years ago.
1: Three years ago. Uh, How old? He's... It, that's the the condensed time for him. I have no idea because he he went to to you know Vietnam. So I mean, I, I felt like we tried to piece that together, and just got very confused. But even if you consider, uh, you know, uh, late career, like putting together a uh, you know, art monk like thirty seven or something. Now he's forty, like, but he's still a, a a large, strong man who was just in the army. Yeah, he can he can
0: run, and he obviously is incredibly strong and tall. Right, six eight.
1: Mm. Yes, I think it was 6'7 or 6'8. Ivan Drago! That's what we've, we've been talking about the whole time. Yes, yes. Uh, I don't know. I think that's another Bazooka Joe comic being like, you know, no, you can't just do this as day work. We need men who want to do this as careers. No, no, right.
0: Uh, uh, so then he gets the idea. Uh, this is where it all comes together now to, uh, to get oysters. And here's how it goes. Oh my Uh, can a man make a living catching oysters I asked sometimes depends on a lot of things pollution gets bad they close down the beds then there's storms and hurricanes and of course your competition competition who is that all of them fellers out there trying to catch oysters they don't take kindly to someone coming uh, someone new coming here why did you bring it up then you horrible old buzzard it sounds like an (laughs) awful idea he was trying to talk him into catching oysters and then he's like oh can you make a living I probably not no (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Pollution is terrible,
1: and storms, and people will try to kill you for doing it. Sure, yes, and then former uh, says, "I remember him that way." It was too true. The oysterman was not people to fool around with, at least back in the old days. So maybe that was even in the first book. So you know about
0: oysters then? Well, what
1: do you? What are right. we? Pl- what game are we playing here? Right, that's like being in the uh, uh, I don't know the uh, the printer paper business, and then not knowing the uh, that that. Printing newspaper was just as part, you know, that sort of thing. He was he was a extremely successful shrimp guy, and so at some point in time, the uh, probably kept an eye on the the oyster beds because the the businesses are going to be slightly related if pollution and storms and pirates come into the whole thing. Yes, you're probably
0: going to run across the oyster men in your in your line of work. Right, probably you know, knows a little something about
1: it. You know what you should do is make basketball sneakers oh is, is that is is that as profitable as tennis shoes like well son you've you've never you've never looked into that wow but let's so the whole the person who's telling him this the person who's giving him this advice is Bubba's father Yes, um, Bubba's he, daddy he I, I he says it just like occurred to him that he's got to visit him, so he just gets off the bus and um starts to talk to him and so I was reading this, and i I was sort of thinking like, oh well, this is another um invocation of the uh the trope of you know like the green mile where like the uh the magical black guy is giving him this idea or um, yeah you know it's right. a it's an old time honored very 90s you know and previous type of trope but then I was like I forgot a listener wrote in to say that in the in the original book that he didn't think that that Bubba was black because he went to Alabama in the 60s or whatever it wasn't integrated Um, And they they quickly (laughs) dismissed that notion um, through the oystermen showing up and saying racist stuff to him. But the the listener who wrote into that said um, that—I'll just read his email uh, (laughs) now—that the last section makes clear Bubba was black. I still don't think he was in the first book, but it's not too surprising as retcons go— When Arthur C. Clarke wrote 2010, it was more a sequel to 2001 than the movie 2001. The movie than the 2001 the book, since that's the version of events more people were familiar with, just sort of like the Shining movie. Mm -hmm. I also feel Gump and Company's Lieutenant Dan gained attributes from his movie counterpart. I don't remember it coming up in the first book that his family had a long history of being in wars, for instance. Which uh, it's a memorable part of the movie. Lieutenant, it says Lieutenant Dan had someone die in every major American war, and it shows. You know gary sinise in revolutionary war makeup civil war thing dying and so he's upset that he didn't die That's forest saved him in the uh, vietnam war so um there we just have to we, it's an interesting turn of events if that has just been a retcon here because it comes up very strongly that he is a uh, a black man in this last couple last couple chapters
0: it propels the last third of the book yeah. yes <laughs> it's like a big a big part of it um, we also get uh, we get down and dirty with uh, the in. That's mm-hmm. going to be, again, the rest of the book as well. Uh, and, and I was surprised he he goes to market to sell his oysters. Time they tally everything up, I done made forty two dollars and sixteen cents, which even he admits, which struck me as a little low for upwards of four hundred oysters. So that's his that's his business. That's a very good day of him. Um, what does he call it? Plucking? No, what is? I don't know, there's a a term for pulling the oysters up. tonging? Tonging. But it put me in mind of, uh, I'll just bring this up, because it's my son's favorite line from Napoleon Dynamite. It reminded (laughs) me of that. It's Uncle Rico says, "Well, you were out there playing patty cake with your friend Pedro, Uncle Rico is making 120 bucks. (laughs) Uh, That's what it reminded me of. Just like, whoa, all this work, and he made $42. A
1: small amount of money.
0: Yes, and so he, uh, and he's going to go through hell to get that $42 a day, which it turns out that's the most I think he ever makes until he sets up his company.
1: Right, it's like, the, uh, it's like one of those grinding video games where you have to like, do enough of the menial labor to then buy your first upgrade, and then the upgrade helps you make more money, essentially, like that. Right. <laughs> there was this line about, uh, how, as he starts this, he says, it seemed, pretty, it seemed to me pretty ironic me being in the oyster business, after all, Lieutenant Dan was all the time talking about getting some good oysters to eat. Mm. That is, that is many things. I, I, I do not think it is ironic. I think it's uh, <laughs> just like we talked about earlier. It is a uh, landing <laughs> on thick and then making jokes about it.
0: Yes, it is. Uh, Alanis Morris at ironic at best. <laughs> I think. Uh, but uh, but he, he gets in uh, uh, bad with the, the, as promised, Smitty, mm-hmm. uh, Smitty Miller, which I assumed his last name was Smith, yes, therefore right. Smitty, but his name is, and he calls him Mr. Miller. So wow, bizarre. A, a Strange a <laughs> uh, strange little thing, but he gets, uh, yeah, he gets in trouble with him, and then uh, he reports back to, to Forrest, Little Forrest, as he calls him, but he's, I mean, he's big, right? he's uh, so, starting
1: to become a teenager Starting
0: I mean, to become a teenager so that's,
1: Wearing women's underwear and messing around with stuff like that
0: I guess that's a joke But I wanted to ask you what, what uh, What's your impression of Little Forrest? You know, he's on the cover of the book uh, Rich character w- Worth a cover illustration
1: What
2: do
0: you... <laughs> well, I, mean, I mean, all we get of him is him going like oh, You're dumb, shut up
1: Yeah Walking through
0: with an earring and and his grandma's panties on.
1: (laughs) Well, yeah, that's what I I would have agreed with you until now. But now we get this stuff that makes him sound cool as hell. (laughs) He catches him smoking a cigarette in the bathroom. He's gambling. Uh, He's like taking, you know, playing poker with uh, kids at school. And he's such a good card counter that he's fleecing all of them out of their milk money and stuff. I was wondering, like, what the... um, book would be like if it was told from his perspective, like the Twilight book we read that was told from uh, Edward's perspective. <laughs> right. Yes. <laughs> um, and then uh, we, got, we got this moment, which uh, he says, he, he sort of sets, uh, sets Forrest down and gives him a talkie to being like, you know, settle down. Like you can't be sneaking in and smoking cigarettes. He says, uh, um, I can look after myself. He says, I can see that. Like you looking after yourself by hiding a six pack of beer in your toilet tank. Which I believe this is something that Carl Wellzine, uh, a.k.a. Dad Boner, did at his work, um, <laughs> at his work job. So I, I, I think <laughs> okay, the coolest hell thing is taken to the next level here, so...
0: Oh, you think uh Dad Boner was a fan of Winston Groom?
1: Maybe I should uh I should reach out. I I I'm I'm confident that's something that happened. If it didn't, it's definitely something he could have done. But I, I, I believe he kept some cold ones in the toilet tank. <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh it strikes me as uh also just a, a six pack hidden in there. Um, you know, six pack doesn't that's that's not that's small potatoes, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you're going to go through a six-pack, especially if you're dad boner, you're going to go through that. Right, yeah. <laughs> easily. So no reason to hide it, just
1: drink it all at once. I guess it probably keeps it cool to some degree. I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I, I, I'd say if, if things had, had worked out and you had had to go to uh, to Gump and Company, that hiding a six-pack in the toilet tank and drinking it would have been a fun thing to do. But uh, I, 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 I'm jaded by the fact that we, we never got you to that level.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yes but uh so Forrest Jun- little Forrest, who uh, is I guess seventeen mm-hmm. well, I guess he could be fifteen i don 't know uh undetermined, uh he yells at Forrest for all the terrible presents that he had- he'd sent from all over, and I just wish Forrest had replied uh, uh yes yeah, on the- those those were terrible presents, but you have to understand that the Purchase of each one represented an opportunity to sort of tell old, terrible football coach jokes and, <laughs> and get paid by the word for them. So they, they were doing their work there. Right. That's, there was
1: that would like, be the uh, it breaks the waterworks for Little Forest. Like, old, terrible football jokes. I, I love old, terrible football jokes. <laughs> That's when they hug and uh, and, and, and Harry Chapin uh, winks from outside the window. <laughs>
0: Oh Harry Chapin,
1: what what does he look like? Does anyone know what Harry Chapin looks like? Oh, I mean, if uh, I'm I'm imagining, uh, you know, seventies coffee house beard, um, sort of John Lennon glasses, maybe a beret.
0: Oh, I, instead of beret, can I swap out one of those Greek fishermen's caps? Oh, yeah. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> um, blue wow. with like the embroidery around the front of it. Yes,
1: no, yeah, I think we're completely wrong. He looks like, um... oh boy, got sort of. Longish hair. I don't know. It looks kind of like Joe Piscopo. I don't know. <laughs> Kids. <laughs> um, but so he, what he does is he he says, like, uh, listen, boy, like you, you need to, to straighten up and I don't like you giving me any sass mouth and says, this is going to hurt me more than it's going to hurt you and uh, gives him a big old spanking.
0: <laughs> that struck me as odd. I didn't. I assume that's supposed to be, some, again, some sort of joke or something. Him spanking a full grown boy but it struck me as odd i i wanted to get past it and and not mention it ever again
1: it's a good opportunity maybe to check on the underwear if he does the old uh, oh yeah uh, now
0: but. you don't have to wonder anymore
1: <laughs> but then we we it, it was an odd moment um and we get the uh the result of it though which is that it works He said, over the next days and weeks, I noticed a marked improvement in his behavior. And I hope he noticed that I noticed that too. So the moral of Gump and Co. is is hit your kids because it works.
0: (laughs) There it is, summed up. (laughs) Hit your kids. (laughs) Um, And then he, so then he throws in with him, sorry, throws in with him, I guess, in the oyster in (laughs) business. A bidness, bidness sorry, yeah, man, wow. God, I'm, I'm Come on. losing, I mean, yes, I'm all over the place
1: Let's get a bidness count
0: Yes, uh, okay, six, you do that
1: 64
0: uh, He named the truck, uh, I'll quote him I named the truck Wanda in honor of, well, all the Wandas I have known <laughs> And that was a moment I just, I got a little teary, you know, thinking of the strip club owner and the pig at the <laughs> National Zoo. <laughs> so those are the, all the Wandas, I think. I think I've tallied up all the Wandas he's known.
1: So, yeah, as far as we know, it would be great if he did have a uh, a beloved Wanda from the first book that was like a uh, aunt or his mom or something that just gets and arrested with the strip club owner and the <laughs> pig. Or... <laughs> sure. <laughs>
0: Uh, so Wanda the truck, yeah, and they they start uh, they start oysting together.
1: Mm-hmm. He told Little Forest's main advice was if you could ask a oyster where it wanted to live, it'd probably say in a cesspool, uh, which struck me as like would be a fun children's book as like the uh, the oyster who lived in the cesspool. <laughs> <laughs> like he runs away and then he discovers that the cesspool was where he wanted to be all along. Right. <laughs>
0: Uh, and then uh, uh, Little Forest participates in—this uh, book doesn't do—I don't think it does a lot of very uh, serious, like, uh, stroke your chin and, uh, you know, really good satire. This is uh, this is really singeing the targets here. But uh, he asked him what uh, the war was about. Mm-hmm. Well, they told us it was a count of Sa- Saddam Hussein done attacked the people in Kuwait. That's so? Oh, that's what they said. So what do you really think? A lot of people said it was about oil. Oil, yeah, I read that too. I reckon they died for all, was what I had to say about that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's get back to the butthole right, uh, yeah, references here. <laughs>
1: that I like that they do go for like one, I mean, maybe one? Is this the only sort of quote, Every quote, profound moment? And they pick you know, the one sign that like everybody had at the one protest I went to in college. Cause like right. my friend would from was in town was coming. And so I was like, Oh, I'll go meet you there. <laughs> no blood for oil was like the, uh, the most, yeah. uh, common, uh, comment that you'd say there. And that's, that's what we get. The one sort of turn to the camera moment in this book, <laughs>
0: <laughs> David, David Brent. Uh, yeah. Turning to the camera <laughs> satire. <laughs> um, uh, that's all I got for chapter 13.
1: Um, well, yeah, so the, the it ends with the, uh, he sort of has said, like, that his or his oars have gone missing, or, like, they put a hole in uh, his his boat, mm-hmm. and he just, he sort of just deals, he deals with those problems and moves on. He replaces everything. He doesn't, you know, be like, oh, I'm Ivan Drago, I'm gonna go, like, kick the shit out of Smitty, um, but they, once they, he, the first time he takes a little forest here, he says, uh, um, that they, someone punched a hole in their tires, and, uh, there's a guy standing across the street and Forrest says, do you know who did this? And he says, no, but tell your friends that Smitty says hello. Oomph was all I could manage. And then uh, (laughs) Little Forrest just says, uh, his friends don't like me oystering down here. And then he says, that guy had an oyster knife in his hand. You suppose he was the one who did it? And I wasn't sure if an oyster knife was going to be capable of puncturing a car tire. Like they're sort of a blunt jabbing thing, but it's another, you know, once Little Forrest has had, um, finally like come to terms with his dad like they've had the moment he's he got hit and now he loves him again he's now shows up and just sort of does this like wuss uh you know, passive resistance routine with these guys who are trying to ruin them was a uh was an odd moment he gets frustrated with him and goes and changes the car t- tires in silence
0: yeah I, I don't know whether they're going for you know like um you know clint eastwood or something quietly uh enduring these little humiliations but he's actually a you know hardened war vet you know he's got the tattoo on his arm right. of special forces, and we're going to have to wait until Act Two to see you know, right? See him actually retaliate. John, Rambo. I think he's going. Yeah, I think he's going a little bit for that, but um, uh, yeah, I, I don't, I, I, I don't understand that. And and also he's losing quite a bit of money, right? Because he says like they they poke a hole in his boat, they sink his boat.
1: Yeah, he has to pay. They every-
0: steal his oars. Um, this is he 's losing a lot of money and it 's forty two dollars at most right. that he can get
1: and keep in right. mind the uh the first time he interacted with with smitty they he called bubba 's father the you know character of his beloved um war buddy who died in his arms uh a, a terrible racial slur and you know he didn't he didn't opt to uh, defend uh, defend the honor that way for a guy who's been in many beer bashes and brawls and throw downs and dust ups and whatever he just was <laughs> right. like ah well please uh please don't ruin my oars again sir
0: <laughs> uh you refer to smitty oh mr miller oh, okay yes. Yes. yes
1: yeah okay I got smitwick no. miller <laughs>
0: Uh yeah, so that's the end of that chapter and then uh chapter fourteen. Oh boy. They, they shut him down. Then one day it happened. They shut us down. This comes out of nowhere. Yes. <laughs> uh pollution in the water.
1: Mm-hmm. And it says uh the uh it was a pollution was it caused by a storm? Oh no, no, just pollution. Oh, I don't know. No, just pollution, yeah. just general pollution. But then that gives uh, little forest an idea which he says, suppose we can convince the state fish and wildlife people that any oysters we harvest is going to be free of pollution. How are we going to do that? Move them. Move what? The oysters. uh, See, an oysters thrive in pollution, but you can't eat them because it'll make you sick. We all know that. But according to the research I've done, an oyster purges itself completely every 24 hours. And they missed an opportunity to have him be like, I read one of them encyclopedias you had had, like, you know, that you had been selling. He just... He, I, no mention of where he's doing this research or, like, you know, on the newfangled internet, Dad, type of thing. I also read that A rabs have curled toes because <laughs> when they bend over to take a shit in the desert. Oh, little forest. Yeah. It was, it was in Microsoft and Carta, Dad. <laughs>
0: Uh, So they, yeah, they get uh, permission from Fish and Wildlife and they start moving the oysters.
1: I'd I'd just like to get to the, to drill down into that part because you, you made it seem like they just sort of went in and and got permission from, you know, you glossed over the whole thing that happened here. He says, here's, here's how it is. Somehow we managed to convince the state Fish and Wildlife Service that our oysters wasn't going to be no threat to nobody. So there you That's the whole story, there. Um, it's the it's the it's the Klein Prince fight of uh, yes. I don't know what happened, but somehow we won. Um, somehow we did it. I, okay. I, I'm not going to complain that he glossed over the uh, petitioning the Fish and Wildlife Commission to uh, relocate an oyster bed, but it is pretty bad storytelling.
0: Missed opportunity. Think how many uh, inside jokes of Fish and Wildlife uh, red tape that you would have to yeah. cut through. That would uh, get old Larry just slapping his thigh.
1: <laughs> Submitting things in triplicate. <laughs> yes. <laughs>
0: uh, so, yeah, we get a, a deep dive into how they do it. But the, oh the uh, highly successful company, and uh, remember the, the old lady who is knitting a doily or whatever?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Remember her? Yeah. She gets hired as the uh, receptionist for the new company. And says she feels totally rejuvenated and don't want to go to the po house no more. <laughs> she has even bought herself a new Cadillac convertible that she drives around with the top down wearing a sleeveless sundress and a bonnet.
1: <laughs> Who
0: is this woman?
1: How old <laughs> is she? Yes. She's a wrapping granny or something now.
0: I think that's what he's going for, right? Yeah. That uh, someone is... Uh, she drives by in the Cadillac and someone lowers his sunglasses and goes,
1: Woohoo yeah. Hop in, sonny! I'm going to haul ash to Lollapalooza! Hey, good looking! I'll be back to pick you up later.
0: <laughs> so, yeah. We get a and granny. That's cool.
1: Yeah. And uh, they... I, I realized the whole thing because they a couple paragraphs before that he Fort little forest is like yeah we got the you know little oysters are called spats we put them on barges here's this like type of barge you use uh, here's you know the treatment plant blah 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 but it was like all right like he he clearly just wanted to like go on a fact finding tour of like Cape Cod or Prince Edward Island so he could like write off that vacation he's like well I got to learn how the oyster business works so. Um. <laughs> I, that would not surprise me in the slightest like what uh, that 's what uh i mean that 's what the the mr person did right she She wanted to go to Croatia or wherever they were Albania, I guess so that yeah, would I you, think
0: she just she just picked it and said, yeah. Dan you know, Brown and
1: Seville type of thing
0: right exactly, like now i 'm going to just uh i 'm really going to lay oystering on you in a in a <laughs> in a hard way because i I learned about it. Yeah,
1: yeah. The, the lawyers like you got to put in that they're called spats when they're when they're babies. Otherwise, like that's not going to qualify you for this tax write-off.
0: Yeah, uh, who's the actor? The um, oh, the British guy, uh, My Left Foot, and all of that. Uh, what's his name? Uh, oh, Daniel Dan- Day. Dan- yeah. Daniel Day Lewis. Uh, he, <laughs> I guess, when he was doing some role. He to take on the character, he like he was a guy who like lived in a cabin that he'd built or something. So Daniel Day Lewis built his own cabin, like learned how to right, yeah. to go out in the woods and hew logs and like strip them and built his cabin. It's like, all right, just just show up on day one and go. Who am I now? <laughs> right,
1: exactly. Yeah, I mean, but then again, um, you know, he didn't have maybe his dad, groom's dad didn't buy him encyclopedias. He didn't have encarta. He had to go and uh, yeah, he had you know, to live did, it, man. Do the tong in himself. So they na- they named their their business Gump and Company. So that's where the um where the uh, Gump
0: and Co comes from. Right,
1: exactly. But <laughs> you know, you you're an oyster guy. I, I love a good oyster too. Hard to imagine a less appealing name when you sidle up and ask for a dozen of something, you know, because they've all got names like, you know, Blue Point, Wellfleet, um, you know, what are some other ones? Like Stellar Bay type of thing, you know, just give me some of them, uh, give me some of them uh, Gump and Cumps. Yes. Yeah, oh, yeah, these Gump and Cumps look awfully fresh.
0: <laughs> yeah, I feel like oyster names, isn't that like, um, you know, like weed names or something where it feels like they're just... You know, the the name is supposed to sell it all. Yes, exactly. It's kind of like how uh, neighborhoods get rebranded. You know, nobody calls, you know, the neighborhood, the old dump neighborhood right. or yeah. something. You know? yeah.
1: Dumpington Acres type of yeah. thing.
0: <laughs> you call it like Crackleberry Hills or
1: something. <laughs> you
2: know?
1: yeah. yeah, weed so, names are like the opposite of that. Weed names are just like Thunderfuck like, you know, 3000, like, you know, Purple Lemon Skywalker Haze.
0: It's like uh, uh, hot sauces, I always thought, oh, God, took, yeah. took a very strange road to remind you that they burn on the way out, kind of thing. <laughs> yes. It's like, you know, ass on fire, you know, yeah. uh, molten shit. <laughs> <laughs> like,
1: that's terrible. Yeah. I'm eating this. Yeah. Triple flush XXX. <laughs> Gross. Yeah. So, yeah, that, that's that's more in line with what the gump and comp is, I think, for uh, for the oysters. Right. Um right. But this, then we get into the what is like the, the primary uh, focus of this lengthy final chapter of the book, mm-hmm. which is very lengthy, uh, you know, a, a, a getting the band back together montage, which um, I think nobody wanted and nobody asked for, certainly. But he sort of goes through the all the chapters and sort of t- ticks every single box where if you were a named character in this book, he's going to bring you on board to uh, help run the oyster business.
2: Yeah,
0: it's it's kind of like if you were so inclined to see like a Doobie Brothers concert or something. <laughs> there's like 60 guys on stage, and then, you know, in the, the second to the last song, they're like, it's time to meet the band. Like, no, oh, you don't have to do that. No, wait, seriously. Right <laughs> During this drum solo, you know, during this little break and the, everybody's vamping. On tambourine. On 14th guitar. <laughs> uh, that's what we get, and uh, we get... Um, Uh, It was good to see Mrs. Hopewell back. Yeah. And here's the joke. Uh, His wife, Mrs. Hopewell, blah, blah, blah. We ain't had no problems with the state fish and wildlife services since she got the job. Every time she have a meeting with them fellers in her office, I hear her Chinese gong sound. And know that all is well.
1: <laughs> She's a whore. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. Finally, uh, we, we, I re, re, re reject my previous statement. about not wanting to see what went into getting these fish and wildlife permits. Oh,
0: yes. Yes. Gong. Oh, we know what's going on.
1: That's bizarre. Yeah. And, cause, and her husband comes to work for them well, too. He's, uh, he's in charge of uh, R&D. And he's, I guess, forgiven the million-dollar bounty on his head.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, Elaine
1: shows up. Elaine? From Elaine's Restaurant in New York Oh, of course, yes, right, yeah.
0: Uh, Side of, if you are not a Patreon person, (laughs) uh, you missed then my story of Elaine's and uh, Tony Danza. So uh, sign on and go back and listen to that.
1: Yeah, she's like the main uh, buyer of many of their oysters. So it could be canon that when you you went there, if you had oysters, they could have been uh, company, company.
0: And are you ready to laugh again? Because I'm going to read the name of his law firm.
2: God damn it.
0: <laughs> the venerable old new york law firm do we screw them and how represent us in our legal matters really you had to return to that <laughs> yes <laughs> like i the first time i saw it i didn't roll my eyes hard enough
1: at you it's a so decent I, chance he forgot that it was in there he's like i don't uh, allow him it's been uh it's been two days since i wrote that you know chapter eight chapters ago <laughs>
0: Yeah, we all know a dad who, uh, he has a thing that he says, and there's just no way he's not going to say it when Mm -hmm. something is uh, so like, uh, yeah, you know, lawyers. Huh, you should book my turn. Do we screw him? And like, yeah, dad. uh, Okay, just let him do it. He's got to do it.
1: (laughs) He has to say it. I had a guy I went to high school with it. I mean, this was during high school. I think maybe, maybe college too. But every time you'd bring up this one girl, a very nice girl, he would be like, "Oh, oh, oh yeah, her most awkward goodnight kiss I ever had." Just to like bring up the fact that he had kissed this girl, and like, wow. and I, I would be like, "Hey, you guys ever notice that this guy always, anytime you mention her, he'll he'll act like it's the first time he's saying that?" And one time, uh, I would mentioned that to a friend, and it then happened again with like a week of that, and that friend called him out on it. It was very satisfying. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, imagine uh, uh, this sentence going in blind to Gump and Company. If I'd just been like, "Here's the book we're going to read, and here's one of the sentences from it." Sure. I was going to try to hire the Ayatollah to run our moral and spiritual relations department, but he gone and died, so I got the Reverend Jim Baker for the job. <clears throat> <laughs> oh God! Yeah. If, even if you didn't know what the book title was or what the car- you know, who, that it was Forrest Gump, that would just be a, uh, a a good way to sum up the idiocy of this one in one sentence.
0: Uh, It continues. I have offered... This is where I just wrote, I'm glad this book is coming to an end. I have offered jobs to old Saddam Hussein and General Shyskoff, and they wrote back nice letters saying they had other weenies to roast. (laughs) Uh, Go to hell. So both of them wrote back and said, I have other weenies to roast? That's a good point. (laughs) (laughs) Okay.
1: Uh Oh, Larry's loving it. Well, speaking of, uh, of 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 great writing, just like we had the uh, the fish and wildlife thing, I also have found jobs for all members of the army football teams in Germany, the Swagmine Sauerkrauts, and the Weissbaden Wizards, who do various things around the plant. <coughs> it's a, another Kleinian and uh, cars bringing goods and workers into the thing. Like oh <laughs> hell yeah, a scene of, of football players doing various things. Awesome. <laughs> I mean, off you know the the, the variety of eighties dance moves. It's like it it doesn't any of us in ten seconds could name three things that they might do around the plant. Like, right? Yes. <laughs> they're the safety inspectors. Uh, they they sweep up the shells and they sharpen the shucking knives. There you go. Like,
0: yeah, they they run the uh, the lifts or they stack the pallets. so We can all think of things. They
1: can run security against Mister Miller.
0: Mister yeah, Miller, sure, yeah. Smitty. Oh yeah. Uh, Mr. McGiver returns. Old Colonel North returns. Obviously, Jim Baker, yeah. Tammy Faye. Oh, after
1: some, Saddam wrote and said he had other weenies to roast, Saddam, however, says he is keeping his quote options open and may be back in touch later. And that's that's where I said, cause can we can we end this book? This yeah. is, what do you? It's not. It seems like it could be a joke. It's maybe uh, you know. I guess yeah. it's maybe a. <laughs> I don't know what it is,
0: uh, Mr. Uh, Bozo Bozoski. Um, and Gugu Leonti
1: return mm-hmm. yeah. so that's good yeah he, he he I guess it's probably the sort of thing that's like you know even as he gets if you want to be charitable it's like you know even as he amasses more success, he's setting himself up for failure by his loyalty is hiring these convicted felons and you know war criminals to to participate in right. his operation, but that's more credit than I'm willing to give it
0: uh, the rich character of Gretchen shows up yeah. Again, this truly is... like When we were doing, um, years ago, we are doing our feature film of, of the Mystery Science Theater, the movie, the studio wanted us at the end to do the Animal House. Okay. You know, like, uh, he went on to do this, and we were just like, no. No, 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 no. <laughs> Not going to do it. And they were really insistent. Like, wow. People, people love that. We're like, that is the hackiest bullshit. Bizarre. <laughs> there's, no, there's no way. And they're like, you you are going to do it. And we're like, well, we are going to not do our film then. <laughs> I mean, that's what it came to. They did, were just insistent. Did and they that's want it from is.
1: characters in the framing mystery science theater part or from yes. going yeah, to this yeah. island earth and doing the mo-
0: Oh no. It's just from, from our characters. There's
1: not that many. Cha-
0: no, but they, yeah, like <laughs> he went on to form a, you know, uh, to open an oyster company. wow! And he tonged the hell out of that. You know, I don't know what they wanted, but they just thought it was hilarious.
1: Interesting. Well, I mean, a That's rare misstep for those studio execs. Uh. <laughs>
0: yes. Otherwise, <laughs> unimpeachable. Um, yeah. So everybody shows up and, and Gretchen, uh, she's working on a business degree. <laughs> and at that point... Again, I'm reading it on computer, so I can't hurl my computer across the room, but had it been a book.
1: <laughs> and she lets him know that by writing a letter where she's turned into, like, Sullivan Ballou from Ken Burns' Civil War. She's like, <laughs> dearest Forrest, I have missed you every day since you left for the war and was terrified that something has happened to you. <laughs> I even checked through the American Assembly here, like the, uh, the Ashokan Farewell is playing in the background. And after some research, they told me you were now out of the Army and were well. That was all that mattered.
0: (laughs) And she ended with a tender, Ack! (laughs) Uh, So, yeah. So, I guess she's still in it. I didn't think she was a character we were going to hold on to. um, Because all he did was, I think, held hands with her. And they talked past each other because neither spoke the other's language. But uh, she's back.
1: Right. Right. And I I feel like there might have been some implication of some uh, some hanky-panky, but I, I don't remember if, if there was. It was uh, glossed over and, and not as explicit as I wanted. So. Right.
0: <laughs> all right. So Winston Groom at this point, again, he's looking at the word count, and he's going, well, I just reintroduced all my characters. Time to sew this thing up. And then he went, word count, damn. Ah, yeah. I'm short by 3,000 words.
1: Yeah i'm just one word over and there's one word that i really feel like this book needs to have in it that it's really earned the use of a horrible slur so let's get that in here (laughs) let's push it over that point uh he he has this he offers smitty a job um after after they've put this i thought this was funny he puts up like some uh some like Nashville Airbnb Live Love Laugh word art behind his desk that says uh, Jonathan Swift's quote: "He was a bold man that first ate an oyster." Yes, uh, I, so that was that was sort of ahead of its time, I think. It, it does a beard that's an actual quote by him. Um, just after my initial Google search, that wasn't a misattributed quote.
0: Yeah, no, I've, I'm familiar. I, I think that's a pretty good quote. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, so he he offers uh uh Smitty a job, but they're not liking our bidness one bit. Smitty says his people don't work in no integrated positions, so we are having a sort of Mexican standoff. <laughs> yes, that's <laughs> a good way to like trip over your own dick in a sentence by introducing yeah. the racist character. I, I guess that's that's a no, no. That's a term that people use and understand what it means. But what year is it again? <laughs> right, well, yeah. it is it is nineteen ninety four. Like yes, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, so, I mean, I, I, I'm sure that happens But it's, it's not like it's, you know, the 60s uh,
0: Yeah, so he decides in, to up the word count He says, uh, do you want to go somewhere, son? And he says, yeah, I've been studying And there's a place in Arkansas that looks pretty good My Yeah, God. what what is it? It's called the Whitewash River, he says Now that's a, Uh-oh. not a chapter break, but a hard break there So we're all supposed to go, oh, no, he's not going to go to the Whitewash River? What? That is supposed to be a, huh? I just dangled the bait in front of you and the reader is going, wow, the Whitewash River.
1: you wouldn't know what. What the hell does that mean? No, the old, I think the only reason that I knew what it was is because we had that realer fanfic where they met Bill Clinton. Otherwise, I don't know what I would have thought. Yeah, I would have liked to know going into that um, blind. And why? Why doesn't he call it white water? It was white water, right? I mean, that was, was scandal. Yeah. I, I well, the white water. Yes, scandal. it was a white water scandal. So um, he
0: calls it whitewash. I guess that's one of his jokes or something that they were whitewashing the. I don't know. But the, to leave it hanging as though you're supposed to, know, like, rubbing your hands together. Oh, he is. He's going to do it. He's going to the, into the whitewash river. <laughs> the business. And then, of course, we read it in Reeler Fanfic. Clinton shows up. But this just struck me as, oh, my God, is he just filling stuff out here, Right.
1: Yeah, I mean, I I didn't look up when the when this was really in the news. I mean, I, I guess that was in the news as they were running for president, was like that sort of dogged the campaign was the investing or whatever happened in this. It was the sort of thing that as a 11-year-old, I my eyes glossed over when it got brought up on Weekend Update. But the thing that I alluded to earlier was they mentioned the Whitewashed River, and then they just have this weird aside where it's Little Forest is explaining the geologic history of the area, and there's fossils, and he says, we are close to the beginning of the famous smackover formation he says where it's, where all the oil in the all in the all the all in the whole southeastern united states come from so i was like i looked that up 'cause I was like, well, what is that being a joke on? And the Smackover formation is a real thing of all the of all the stupidly named things in this in this book. It's a it's a preserves fossils dating back to the Jurassic period. Smack over? Yeah, like something off of a Waffle House menu or something. What the hell? Uh, yeah, give me a two 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 with a thing of smackovers on the side. <laughs> uh. But yeah, so that was when you when you're when you're doing so many things like that, Schicekoff and and Bozowski like <laughs> that to throw in something that's real that sounds that fake, um, yeah. So
0: from from Bill Clinton, yeah, and that uh, that doesn't make any sense. Uh, I just want to reread in case you missed the uh, real or fanfic that includes it. Well, old Bill looked like sort of a nice guy. I mean, he seemed pretty genuine and had a husky, down to earth voice, white woolly hair. A big old reddish nose looked like Santa Claus's and a nice laugh. And he even introduced us to his wife, Hillary, who came out of a trailer wearing a granny dress and a hairdo looked like a beetle wig and brung us some Kool Aid. So, the Bill thing, huh? Red nose, white hair. Hillary, granny dress and a beetle wig. <laughs> <laughs> really paints a picture.
1: Yeah, it would be a. Uh, there's there's some new good uh, AI software that will generate images based on your uh, on your description. So we should, if someone has access to it, put in uh, granny dress, beetle wig, and Kool Aid, and see what we get from that. Because <laughs> I, I mean, you know, I I know what she looks like. Um, that, not probably the picture. If you were doing like a uh, "whose line is it anyway" type of thing and trying to describe someone based on that way, you, your partner would be furious with you when the scene ended without you guessing it or password or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Come on, she she wore granny dresses all the time. I don't know uh, the, the, the grandma from <laughs> Beverly Hillbillies. No, she, granny dress and a beetle wig.
0: Like when someone's drawing something and you can't get it and they keep jabbing the pen into the thing they're drawing. It's right
1: there. I'm not getting it. That's, that's clearly, it over. a picture of Kool-Aid. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Uh, but, you know, but Ronald Reagan was upset uh, getting misty-eyed at the thought of watching Queen for a day. So uh, if these are jokes, they're, uh, you know, no one said they have to be good to put them in a book. I mean, they should be. That should be your goal as an author, but they don't have to be. <laughs>
0: He had an audience of one in mind. You know, they say write for yourself or write for Larry King. I think that's the, old,
1: <laughs> it's the gonna, old adage. I'm going to maintain that going forward, even though, you know, he'll he'll likely never read it. <laughs> uh, but, I mean, you know, he, he the, the patented groom subtlety is here when he says, uh, Bill is the governor of this state. Then how come you out here selling real estate, I asked him. Because it's the steal of a lifetime, Bill says. So, the. Let me read that again for you, because you might have missed the, the subtle. <laughs> it's the steel of a lifetime. Huh? Uh, uh, <laughs> yes. And then it goes on to say, uh, we's already rich, uh, Little Forest says. Well, then you can get even richer, Bill says. Why, it is rich people that make the world go around. I love rich people. Rich people are my friends. <laughs> and then that's where the flashing neon sign that says, get it, kicks on. <laughs> Kind of sounded uh, like me, like he was running for president, but then I am just a poor old idiot. What in the world do I know? Hmm. <laughs> I, 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 I don't know. I...
0: <laughs> he spends a fair amount of time with him, and then it just kind of ends. It just
1: ends right after that.
0: Yeah, but we were all supposed to go like, ah, he did it. He did it, man. He took on white water. <laughs> uh, what exactly did he say about it? Really nothing. He no. just, it's just a mention of it.
1: Right. It wouldn't even, yeah, it it couldn't make a capital steps routine because it doesn't even have the uh, the basic punchlines.
0: Uh, a true drive-by. And then, again, to his horror, he looked at the word count and he still hadn't made it. <laughs> I mean, he'd introduce Mrs. Hopewell again. This thing is supposed to be tied up by now. Uh, but instead, they go to a football game.
1: My God. One, the last thing that happened in the uh, Whitewater thing was Mr. Tribble says, uh, I took your money. I mean, you were ass- assing around in New Orleans. So I'm glad <laughs> they got go. it back. Good, yeah.
2: good. Uh,
1: but yeah, uh, they they go to the, the sugar bowl or the cotton bowl or something. Um, What is it? It's, uh, yeah, the sugar bowl. But <laughs> I Just just the idea that they, you know, they, uh, I don't know. if If the book had ended with, you know, being like, um, him waving goodbye to the Clintons, and then being like, "And I looked down the river, and in a raft coming downstream was a man that I recognized as my old college football friend, Vincent Foster. Who, uh, like, you know, at least, <laughs> at least then you'd have some sort of like him having in, you know, interfered in history or something. But this was just a, uh, you know, literally going past him on a river and 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 running right. a rundown here. I don't
0: know. Yes. <laughs> uh. So. They literally just go to a football game, mm-hmm. um, and, and Gretchen shows up, and they shout, yeah. defense, defense.
1: <laughs> yeah, they have, and, a, they have a private box and invited some of the rinky-dinks I had assed around with over the years. Oh, I missed that. Yeah. So, Another. you know, you, you escalate this from sort of assing around to assing around to assing around with rinky-dinks. <laughs>
0: Uh, oh, and it, Gretchen returns. That the rich character of Gretchen. Actually, I first thought about Aston. Just little Forest account. I remember all Gretchen used to say about football was "ack."
1: <laughs> wow. So that was but, a was that a a common thing? Did we miss that more than once, or was that the only time?
0: I think she just said it once, crazy. but I guess that's her. Uh, you know, that's big tuna. I guess she uh, she ate a tuna fish sandwich on day one, so. Uh, Big Tuna is her name now, I guess.
1: Ack. <laughs> well, at this game, uh, you know the the sports writer uh, Roger Angel—I'm not sure Angle—died um, last month, I believe. Do you ever read his stuff? Mm-mm. He, you know, just a legendary baseball writer. Wrote like um, "Boys of Summer," I think is his main. thing. Okay. But just, you know, yeah, yeah. just re- was regarded as the the as high as it gets, and so I think this is. This is some sports writing that sort of rises to his, um, to sure. his level. Sure. Defense, defense, defense was all Gretchen could shout, and lo and behold, our defense got so good it would literally snatch the ball out of the hands of them Hurricanes. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's just you know the, you can you can smell the, the the popcorn and the beer, you can you can hear the the Superdome shaking. It's 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 like you're there.
0: Wow, uh, he could have just said somehow we got the ball back from <laughs> yes. them. Yeah.
1: When it was all over, we had won. I don't know what happened.
0: Wow, that is that is rich writing. <laughs> Again, he's tapping his foot. Uh, not as uh, not as fun as Larry. Yeah, Larry's going out. To, he wants to have a drink. But uh, this this uh, Gump character guy. I- He's just racing towards the end of his 75,000 words.
1: Yeah, I think he wants to just like, you know, devote himself back to his uh, true loves, which is like chronicling like an entire trilogy about like day three of Sherman's March or something. Yeah,
0: he's looking at, he's got those, um, you know, metal cast figurines of of the Civil War. And he's got the paint, you know, right there. Oh,
1: yeah, he's painting
0: miniatures. (laughs) Yes. Damn it. I'll finish the book. All right, here we go uh so then he goes back to the oyster business Mm
2: -hmm. i
1: Um, I want to do i want to point out that we did skip over the point where it was probably a a page in the book where they they go to the zoo and liberate the pig yes yes um, led by oliver north
0: that was i really feel like that's when he started to do the word count and Mm -hmm. panicked and so then a football game
1: because again he's already wrapped up like everything's you know successful business everyone's been brought back everyone's happy
0: (laughs) yeah uh, and then he sees uh, one more turn of the ghost of Jenny. Yeah. Uh,
1: he, he rows out to the, gets some alone time to the skiffs, and she appears to him sitting on a buoy, I think. Mm hmm. <laughs> and she, uh, she she delivers the, I guess, the, the moral of, of things, other than hit your kids, obviously. But she says, uh, uh, I guess you finally listened to me, huh? What about? Way back when, about paying attention to Dan? Oh, I says, yeah, I suppose I did. Pretty good, huh? Yeah, I'd say it was. You just needed somebody to keep repeating oysters to you, and finally you'd get the picture. <laughs> <laughs> what? Like what? So listen to homeless drifters that you meet in a boxcar. Um, but it also, that's not what happened. No,
0: Bubba's father <laughs> told him.
1: <laughs> told him explicitly it was a good business deal. Except that yes. it isn't. He told him it was good and bad. Yes. It was Schrodinger's business plan. <laughs>
0: yeah. God. <laughs> uh so yeah, a very lengthy visit from Jenny as though we're supposed to care. I think we're supposed to like get a little, you know, just uh, dab the side of your eye, I guess. A little tear rolling up because she says that she she always loved him. And uh, say goodbye to me, for to my mama, mm-hmm. while she's tooling around with her dress half off and, <laughs> in a Cadillac, but I'll try.
1: Wondering why she, uh, you know, she's wondering where her underwear went. Is her drawer's empty, but she's happy not to be wearing any as she's Maybe, uh, driving her Cadillac.
0: You know what? I bet she just took those two doilies and stitched those yeah. together, and that's all she's wearing. <laughs> yeah,
1: flashing uh, guys on spring break down in uh, outside the Orange Bowl or wherever they are. But yeah, she, Jenny gives the blessing to his relationship with Gretchen, you know, just like look after a little forest type of thing. And she delivers this line, which I think was just, you know, this is the kind of word art you could also get on your wall. Memories are what counts in life, Forrest. When there's nothing else left, it'll be the memories that mean anything, everything. And I, I, I mean, that really, really should be your takeaway here. Memories of, you know, the the pig shit falling into the tuba and the... Wife banging the gong, uh, yeah, that, that sort of oh, thing. Yeah.
0: <laughs> memories, uh, and what? What does he say? He says something that I did not understand when she said the memories. Um,
1: where is that? Where is that? Oh. But
0: he said something like, "Oh, do you mean that I'm supposed to?" He's, or something. Yeah,
1: but, but he, she, she says it'll, it'll it'll be the memories that mean everything. But is what you're saying is I won't get to. And she says probably But look You've got the rest of your life In front of you
0: Yeah What does that mean? Uh, I I don't get that I really don't Does it mean Gets to bang Gretchen Or something? No or what
1: I don't think so They've I don't know no. I it's, it's, it's baffling I
0: Well right before that Is Gretchen Now what about Gretchen? How's that coming along? You know I told you I liked her She's real people I don't know It's kind of embarrassing You asked in that Yeah Uh well, memories are what counts in life for... I don't know.
2: I, oh, I, I, I cannot...
1: I, yeah, I think he's saying, like, you know, do you... you, know, do you I, I won't get to see you again or something like that, maybe? Because I think okay. she does say, like, this is going to be it. Like, um, this is going to be the... You know, it's... Uh, the ghost of Yoda having done its job for Luke. Like, you know, I, I, my work here is done. Like, my planet needs me type of thing.
0: Oh, wow, Well, maybe. good job then, author, because we're both confused. <laughs> <laughs> the moment of your great character taking his taking her final bow and we're all like, what right. <laughs> What does that
1: mean? You've <laughs> got a great reaction.
0: <laughs> all right. So, all right. I'm slightly less confused.
1: Well, uh, we've, uh, we've got a, we've got a couple pages left in the book. It's hard to tell from, uh, the print version, but I'd, I'd say no more than six, uh, paperback pages left. So we might as well, uh, Might as well get the uh, wedge the N word into the book, I would say.
0: (laughs) Yep, that's what's been missing. Uh, We got all these jokes about uh, slicker than owl shit, uh, pee hole in the snow, Um, tube is full of pig poo. Um, We we get buttholes and anuses, curly
1: toed shoes, and uh, serving the Ayatollah pork
0: lots and lots of oyster jokes and oyster talk so it's time <laughs> you've earned it for a really horrible ugly racist incident
1: um yeah he uh what does he do he oh so he's had uh sergeant crans um is his old you know sergeant and everything he's I, I specify that he was a black man that he I, at some point in time they mentioned that and uh, it turns out that smitty came down to where he was like uh fixing the boats or something uh you know whipped it out and peed on the boats and then uh <laughs> it's, it's it's not funny but it's it's funny how how um this incident's supposed gravitas goes down began to pee in one of my boats and when i said something he and the others grabbed me and began beating me with dead mullets so they grabbed a bunch of they're like they're like lou zealand the muppet they grabbed dead fish and started hitting him with them
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Monty Python, you know, joke, the dead fish dance, whatever. You, <laughs> you got nothing but slapstick gags in your mind. Uh, okay, so they peed. It's not, it's a little ugly. Yeah. They done what? And Smitty, he called me a <laughs> N word. Yes.
1: First time anybody's done that to my face. And Forrest's response is, is that so? Which, I mean, I guess instead of saying, like, I don't give a shit, this is Forrest boiling with rage at this point in time. <laughs>
0: Uh, Yeah. And we learned that he is uh, 59 years old and there were eight of 10 big old white boys. Uh, So, yeah. So we're deep into terrible ugliness here. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm looking at the end of the book going, what? Really? <laughs> <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> it would. It would be like having, a, you know, little fours get hit by a truck at this point in time or something. Like, it's like, what, "What? come on. It's not this kind of book. Um, the, uh, but then he says, uh, you know, I'm 59 years old. I'm not going to defend myself ten, big eight or ten big old white boys. Well, Sergeant... Well, my ass. <laughs> yes. It's like, all right. Well, at least as long as the racist assault can wedge an ass into it somewhere. but uh.
0: <laughs> uh, Except you told me not to get into any shit with Smitty and his bunch. Please, wow. it's Mr. Miller. There you go. Uh, I would have tried, but he... So, anyway. So, obviously, this character was trying to honor Forrest's wishes to not, you know, just don't stir up any trouble.
1: Right. But um, he does not abide by that wish.
0: No. Okay. So... A confrontation. I guess this is supposed to be the, you know, this is Forrest finally coming into his own or something. Instead of stuff happening to him, he does something, I Ah. guess. I guess. Sure. I don't know. (laughs) And so at this point, as I read this, I want you all to imagine beloved actor Tom Hanks doing this. (laughs) First, I grabbed him by the jacket and lifted him off the ground. Then I throwed him into a pile of seagull shit that had been collecting on the dock uh, and wiped his nose in it. Nice. Then I turned him around and kicked his big ass over the dock (laughs) into one of his own oyster boats. And when he landed, it was on his back. I unzipped my pants and peed on him from the wharf above. Nice, Beloved Tom Hanks. (laughs) I like how the pile of shit was needed so it just appeared like... (laughs) <laughs> oh, I threw him into a, a pile of shit that yeah. had been building up there. Did yeah. I mention that? Oh, I didn't mention that. Then Damn I it, Mike like...
1: Mulligan, you're on seagull shit duty. What are you doing? <laughs>
2: yes.
1: <laughs> you're slacking? I'm going to send you back to prison. Jim, get Tammy Faye to clean this up. Um, but then he, uh, what he says is, uh, you ever fool with one of my people again, you will wish you had been brought up as a vegetable or something. And so I wonder if Sergeant Kranz is just like, I, they did... They did stand around and beat me with eight to ten... Eight to ten guys beat me with dead fish. So I I really did think I was going to die in that moment. So <laughs> they were uh, fooling with me.
2: Uh, yes. Hmm.
1: <laughs> it went, went a little far. You heard what they called
0: me, right?
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's right. You ever tussle with this guy again? <laughs> It'll be fisticuffs. Uh, just about then, something hit me in the arm. One of Smitty's men he's got a board with nails in it. Yes. And let me say this, it hurt. All right, so now we're up to, like, they're literally trying to murder him.
1: <laughs> yes, uh, using, using you know, the weapon that uh, Moe chased Kodos and Kang away with on the Simpsons, a board with a nail. Like, <laughs> you only see that in, uh, you know, that or, or maybe uh, low-tier roadhouse-type bars.
0: Another guy come at me with a tire tool, which I... I know only several tire tools. I assume it was one of the air pressure gauges for your okay, tire. Yeah, yeah. Isn't there another name <laughs> for a tire tool that I think he's going for? <laughs> Where is he gonna jab that uh
1: air pressure gauge though? You <laughs> That's true.
0: Is it with the thing out or is <laughs> it in know No, it's it hard jabbed to say. it and then whoa, whoa. Yeah. <laughs> uh so yeah, we have a, a regular old, you know, guys hitting with boards with nails. And uh, and tire irons, sorry, yeah. tire tools.
1: Yeah, he he jabs one headfirst into an ice machine, um, and he. Uh, he uh, this is where his his status as an Ivan Drago figure really comes out because he is just sort of tossing him around like uh, like Patrick Swayze at the Double Deuce.
0: Yeah, throws him. He says like a discus. Mm-hmm. He said he was threw him so hard he was heading off for Cuba or maybe Jamaica. So. There's, there's that, I guess, a joke there?
1: there. I mean, I, that maybe a misheard lyric to Kokomo, perhaps? I don't know. To and then
0: 59-year-old Sergeant Krantz, who had just endured a an awful and emotionally obviously had to be wrenching, not, not to mention an actual physical beatdown. Yeah,
1: he's wiping mullet scales off of his cheeks, probably. Yes. Mixed uh, with tears.
0: Yeah, Sergeant Krantz, who just endured that and now saw... Just a horrible beat down and uh, saw uh, his friend Forrest get uh, actually hit with the board with nails. So he's bleeding. <laughs> um, I got a glance of Sergeant Krantz standing there nodding his head. I give him a wink and he gave me a thumbs up sign. <laughs> so <laughs> really taking these uh, incidents very seriously. Yeah, right. Yeah,
1: I'll, I'll be waking up screaming about this for years. Thumbs up, buddy. <laughs> But the 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 rest yeah as as they're doing that exchange the uh, all the folks from Gump and Company were cheering and also booing Smitty and his collection of turds which is a uh, I mean you just he's, he's determined to 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 wedge in asses and shit no matter wh- you know where you know <laughs> and uh, that that is mere sentences before this uh, Harry Chapin exchange uh, little Forest was looking at the blood on my arm from where the goon hit me with the board full of nails you are night you right, dad he asked huh i said you are right dad you are bleeding what you call me i love you dad was what he said and that was enough for me yes sir yes sir so. <laughs> <laughs> all right man make up your mind
0: he should have ended that with, yes, sir, and then he, he it's a hard carriage return, yes, sir, and then he should have done a hard carriage return in three bags full. <laughs> uh, but why does for I don't know why Little Forrest does say, you read it correctly the first time, you a knight, dad.
1: Yeah, I, I don't know. OCR uh, mistake. I can look it up if I'm able to, but... Uh. I, I don't know. But, it's, but the
0: second time, then it's, I said, you are right. And then it's two R's, one word, all right. Yeah. But, it looks but, like
1: in the paperback, it is all right, both times. So oh, okay. Know, all right.
0: Whatever. Hmm. <laughs> I didn't think there were those errors in this. This is the official book.
2: Yeah.
1: But um, then uh, Winston Groom is like, well, I've hit it. I'm going to dust my hands. I'm going to pick yep. up that miniature of, uh, you know, the Traveler, uh, Robert Ely's horse. I'm going to start painting it. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm gonna, you know, ignore my wife and uh, smoke a pipe and you know do all these old Civil War guy things because I've I've hit my thing. Gump and Company is done.
0: Yep, it's all over. Here, here's two fingers of uh, this whiskey. I've been saved. I do this every book that I write mm-hmm. when I oh. get to the end. I Crack open the uh, new bottle of Old Forester. I toast 40. my painting yep. of Ulysses Grant. Mm-hmm. And I uh, and I have a sip and a pipe and uh, all is right with. No, he's not
2: done yet.
1: God. <laughs> oh, Damn it. Sir, sir, this book oh. ended uh, 10,000 words ago. Did uh, Nobody told you. It's over. It's <laughs> over.
0: You got to pry the typewriter out of his hands. It's over. It's like, a, you know, one of those bad movies. Yeah.
1: Put the gun down. It's over.
2: <laughs> I, nah, I've got to. You won, stop typing. One don't more incident.
0: Don't you mention Tom it's Hanks. It's not yet you. enough. It could be more paker don't you mention David Letterman.
1: Oh, God. Um, and th- he says, and so that's how it ends, more or less. No, it's less. You keep telling <laughs> the story. Ugh. Um, he sort of reminisces about the people that he's, he's missed. Um, he did dump Dan and Sue's ashes. We, we forgot to mention that, but who cares? But he, he says, uh, um, old Bubba, Jenny, my mama, um, little Forrest, Jenny's mama, Sergeant Crest, they're all still here. And I ain't forgot what Jenny said about Gretchen neither. And so, in a way... I am the luckiest feller in the world. Pouring the, the whiskey.
0: The, uh, no.
2: <laughs>
0: uh, we get a, I don't know what you call this when suddenly the book turns to, you know, itself. I guess this is just some sort of meta commentary. I'd I call it, it
1: a, a double middle fingers crossed at your reader <laughs> is what i call it.
0: Yes. But yeah, he, uh, he,
1: he, he winks at the fourth wall.
0: Yeah, he talks about how they made a movie of his life played by Mr. Tom Hanks that I met in New York that night. Uh, and then he goes to the Academy Awards. Yeah. It's, where... But so
1: the book started with him saying, don't ever let him make a movie of your life. So we all assumed rightfully that that was how he was addressing the fact that they did this. Yes. And then he met Tom Hanks and it went relatively, you know, it was winky again. But both of these have, have happened. It's like he forgot that he did both of these things already.
0: I guess this is supposed to be a, oh, no, oh, he's actually, wait, so now we're in the, oh, I get it. Uh, but, yeah, he had already done that, obviously. And so it ends, I, I don't even know, I don't have any notes about it because it's so stupid, I can't even.
1: <laughs> well, he goes, he, he deems the uh, specific Oscars, he identifies it, which is the one that David Letterman hosted, infamously. Um, he doesn't uh, reference the uh, Oprah Uma routine. Oprah Uma, yeah. And he doesn't reference the uh, the the tribute they did to David Letterman scene in Cabin Boy, where he had the line, "Would you like to buy a monkey?" <laughs> yeah, uh, where they had a bunch of celebrities deliver that line, which was which was funny. I I, I was confused by the Oprah Uma thing when I first watched it, but yes. <laughs> but yeah, he describes Letterman as a nice feller with big picket teeth and a trick dog and shit. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what does that mean? Did uh, he? Uh, bring his his, his dog
1: pet tricks maybe he did one of those at the oscars oh did he do it at the oscars okay um but yeah they 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 bring him up um on stage to uh i guess accept an award for being the most lovable certified idiot in america and he says on stage the first thing that comes to mind which is of course i got to pee which we were informed was a catchphrase in the first book but didn't really come up a lot in this one
0: no it once or twice but uh uh, oh, it came up when he was with Mr. Bozoski. Okay.
1: Yep. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh
0: and then everyone is mumbling and whispering to themselves. <laughs> so it's a, instead of being a I guess a, a funny thing, if it was a well-known catchphrase, wouldn't everyone clap and you know? It's it's like um yeah. You know, a, a beloved catchphrase, right?
1: Yeah, it, it is sort of like, uh, I mean, Matthew McConaughey in his accepted speech said, like, all right, all right, all right, all right. Yeah, right, so. right. yeah. But, yeah. Uh, but anyway, I
0: people people are confused. And but fortunately, so, that was the
1: last confusing and embarrassing thing that would ever happen at the Oscars. So.
0: <laughs> yes. Uh, and at that, uh, we get what everyone was, of course, expecting, is that Little Forest throws a giant spitball in Mr. Letterman's face.
1: Yes, he had chewed up his entire Academy Award program because they don't serve any popcorn. What? So he has the world's largest spitball, and it hits Mr. Letterman square between the eyes. Uh, so he's got like a, a, you know, he's unhinged his jaw to fit this in there. And, um, I guess.
0: And, and then I didn't know she was there, but Gretchen is horrified, of course, <laughs> and cries out, oh, my goodness. Um, I, I don't, what is this?
1: I don't get it. I, well, what I would, I was, I was sort of shocked at this point in time because they, Letterman had, had motioned for the, them to get the big hook, like at the Apollo theater or something. Yeah. And, and haul my fat ass off the stage. <laughs> so I don't know if he's just let himself go in the meantime here because he was, you know, Ivan Drago before, but I, maybe, maybe he has just sort of in the ensuing years, um, porked out a bit. I don't know.
0: And I guess there is a, a gesture for, first of all, there is a hook as though <laughs> right. it is vaudeville of the 20s. <laughs> and there is a gesture to get the hook, I guess, which everyone recognizes, and it was at the ready. And so someone does hook him and it hook him in the collar, which I, that's not my impression of how you hooked someone off stage. Right, around the neck. Yeah, right. uh, but it got his collar. And uh, that's when he yeah. So that's when Little Forest does it, and then from the audience I hear one shout above all the rest, and it's this: "That's my dad! That's my dad!" So he was close enough to what? What is happening? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. This
1: but is it's- very irritating. This is the end of the book. This is the end of the book. The Oscars is turning into Benny Hill, and he hears above all the commotion and hubbub and. Bur- 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 bur. Um, but he hears, that's my dad. And I got to tell you, that was enough for sure. So I reckon... So here's how Here's how the book ends. This is the final two sentences. So just uh, after all we've been through, this is how they piece it together. So I reckon you can say, we've been there. And then the curtain comes down on all of us. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> Sir, we do not. But... Uh, <laughs> I appreciate the, uh, the, the the nod to the other lovable idiot of of, of screen and uh, big screen and little screen, uh, Ernest P. Worrell there.
0: I mean, the editor had to see the last lines and just kind of look up at uh, the author like, oh, it doesn't matter. You know, like, I, I could tell him why this is this stupid. Who cares? Yeah. Uh, all right, get this into the printer. Let's get it out there.
1: <laughs> he just does the full both-hand shrug and... Uh,
0: <laughs> uh, do you remember when uh, the norm mcdonald podcast when he wrote his book uh-huh. and then and then he did a staged uh thing where, where he went in to see his editor oh yeah <laughs> and, and it was just a series of norm jokes oh people are really liking the book are they yes they are very much enjoying the book 'Cause the paper is very nice for ripping the pages out and wiping the shit from their asses.
2: <laughs> oh, oh God.
1: <laughs> what? That, that's not good news at all. That yeah, I mean that's you know, you could unironically do that with uh Winston Groom, except he might not even be uh he might not get it up enough to care, like in those in intervals in between thinking it right. was good news and having the bad news. Right. Yeah, I mean, you know, uh you can say we've been there and then the curtain comes down on all of us. That's
2: that's you really know what I mean. Take away.
1: Yeah. <laughs> God. Well, that puts a, that puts the, the nail in this one, man. It was, That puts
0: the nail in the board that hits me in the shoulder and I bleed yes. and, in this one during yes. the racially
1: charged riot. <laughs> yes. Man. I, I don't know. I think, I think in terms of ease to read, it vaults it, uh, you know, above a lot of books in our, in our catalog. But, uh, in terms of being a, a one trick pony that, uh, doesn't really have any value. Um, Certainly in its back half, I, I got to say. I'd say, you know, bottom third for me.
0: <laughs> uh, very much so, yeah. I, uh, it's not good. It's not good. <laughs> yeah. uh, Ease
1: to read makes it a big deal, but I think if you're doing something that's this slight, you know, something like a cozy mystery or Dwight David Thrash even at least has more of a, uh, a less cynical vibe to it.
0: Yes. I would put, I, I'll say this, I would put, uh, I'd put the mister way above this. Wow. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't. This this is not for me. <laughs>
2: Whatever this is,
1: <laughs> I think I would too. I mean, I think at least that had uh, new characters to get introduced to. I think the um, novelty of of book forest versus movie forest was pretty entertaining. But it it really just as we've <laughs> as we've explored in this episode alone, the the theme counts and the word counts of uh, oysters shit, and ass uh, really uh, <laughs> honestly just to sort of defined the book, and nothing really brought to. Uh, to these scenarios that he's encountering
0: do you have the list of all of our of our books that we've done there by any chance or where can i find that yes one second all right so let's put this book in its place amongst yeah. our other books um i, I think there's, right.
1: there's some that i know is is it's better than i mean sorry i know that this you like better than this book uh trucking through time obviously yes uh, the quilters yes um what else am I looking at? I'm looking at the spines in the mirror. Obviously, Larry, uh, not Lair of the White Worm. Uh, James, uh, James Tice. Uh, yes, of, of course.
0: I would put this below uh, Lair of the White Worm. <laughs> that one had the, those... The novelties of that was, was made it... Uh, the peculiarities yes. ma- made that fun.
1: Yeah, it wasn't super... Um, I, you know The repetitiveness in it was fun as they kept going back to their thing to eat walnuts and stuff.
0: Walnuts, yeah.
1: Um, what about Model Land.
0: Ooh. Oh, that's a good comparison because I sort of did not enjoy that. I That's the lateral move. Yeah. That yeah. one was so, so long. The, the length was so, but it was also, so
1: you, you I, had no idea where it was going, you know?
0: Yeah, I might put this above that i guess
1: modeling was probably three times as long as this book yeah
0: that was incredible
1: <laughs> midnight sun the length also i think that just you know it works against it at least this one is over quickly
0: yeah i guess this is a little better than midnight sun
1: <laughs> my immortal
0: oh uh, i liked that better <laughs> yeah
1: i think so too at least you know again you know when, when they're so unpredictable you can Never, uh, never understand. Moon People, obviously, this is better than this.
0: Way better than this. Digital
1: Fortress by Dan Brown. Um,
0: that was a little better than this. Okay.
1: Yeah, I agree. Uh, Bob Honey, Who Just Do Stuff. Oh, come on. That's the... Yeah, I think I like this better. Um, tech War, obviously, I liked Tech War better. Yes. What about the, uh, what about the Klein books?
0: Mm, yeah, that's a good question. I mean, that was just so much fodder. Yeah, for us, yeah, to to make fun of, yeah. but oh, uh, yeah, I don't. I'd put. Gosh, that's tough.
1: It is tough. I think I I liked discussing those maybe more on the podcast just because it was so embarrassing, and also they were critically acclaimed by more people than just Larry King and Kinky Friedman. <laughs> that's true. Uh, so that you know that 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 works against them and and works for them for a comedy standpoint. If I was saying to someone, "What's the better book?" I mean, maybe Ready Player One, but not the other two. Like, I don't know.
0: Yeah, it's tough. <laughs> this, is, this is not a good book. I mean, in terms of just quality, it's, yeah. it's not a good book. Definitely he, not. He clearly just dashed this off. Yes. Um, so, yeah, there's no craft. There's no prose. There's no, uh, yeah, it's just vignettes. There's like no we message. Said. Yeah,
1: exactly. Yeah. And the no vignettes are not even... They're, they're not, there's no takeaway from them other than he was there and sort of like sometimes did stuff, you know. They're yeah,
0: <laughs> bad jokes poorly told. That's exactly. my review of this. And sometimes
1: yeah. told more than once, like the shopkeeper type of thing. Right. Yes. So yeah, I think based on that, that winds it clearly in the in the bottom third of what we've done based on mm-hmm. our, our preferences here. But uh, oh, and Antigua, obviously, Antigua is uh, is far superior and more fun. Oh <laughs> yes. <laughs> uh, uh. Good. It's good to reassess these every now and then.
0: Right, Antigua. Uh, we gotta we gotta do one of their other books. I know.
1: I, I forget where it stood with people finding the uh, ebook copy of the teen archaeologists, but <laughs> right. if it does exist or we can track it down. Uh, we we gotta do it. Well, let's uh, let's read some emails before we wrap this one up. We go
2: to the We go to the game. We ain't going
1: to the Sure, what do you got? This one is from Blake. He said, uh, this book, Gump and Cump, has been a weird one for me. I immediately wanted to write fanfic for the Berlin Wall, but I was having trouble coming up hitting that stupid sweet spot where Mike bites because it's just the right amount of stupid. Then I got to the actual section in the book and realized I was outmatched. I was never going to be able to do something that dumb. And then he says, after 20 books, I've read all of them except Armada and Ready Player Two, because I correctly felt that Klein had nothing more to offer me. This is the first time where I'm really wondering, is this Winston Groom's Armada? That is, is this the book everyone says is much worse than the first book, even though it's exactly the same? <laughs> uh, which is like, I, it's probably probably true, you know? Like, I, There's nothing that I've heard about the first book that makes me think it's any different from this. I have not
0: even weighed it in. I should probably just, you know, uh, Read look inside of. the book on uh, Amazon or yes,
1: something. Yeah, yeah. see how I mean, if, if bidness pops up on that. <laughs> thing, I mean, odds are it will. Um, uh, here's the email that you've been wanting to hear. Lucas writes in... The fanfic stats are in. Mike All scored right. 11, 15, 11 out of 15 for Gump and Company. With it. So that's an average of 73.33%. Oh, I'd
0: call that a win. Yeah.
1: He says, for, average, for reference, in Antigua, Mike scored an average of 73.47. So nearly identical. Uh, that would imply that the length of the book does not correlate to Mike's performance. Mike's total average is now 60.96%. <laughs> Which is an imp- an increase of 0.54 percent. So you're, you you bumped it up with this one, but I mean it's it's a, it's a real statistic now because you can get 73.3, uh, and that only raises it by 0.5. So it's a uh, you you've you're doing better, but I feel like you've you've reached like a, a very legitimate indication of your ability here and that's three out of five
0: it's it's like yeah it's like batting average at the end of a season you know like yes. i feel like i'm on fire but my batting average is just right you know i'm still hitting 285 or whatever <laughs> you know
1: but he provides a, uh, a a a google doc that has um like all the statistics in it so i'll see if there's a way i'm able to share that with people so they can take a look at sort of um, color-coded and interesting to uh to revisit like looking back at a uh, layer of the white worm episode 2 you got uh, you only got 1 out of 4 correct so uh.
0: i would like to hear i'm sure people you know play along at home and if if someone was very truthful and honest like wh- what are people scoring right at home. <laughs> and don't give me this, you know. It's like your friend who goes to Vegas. And I always win when I go to Vegas. Right. Sure, sure. Give me the truth.
1: Right. Yeah. Uh, It'd be let me hear your percentages. If, yeah. be interested if there was a uh, correlation with your people who read the book or the weirdos who who don't read along and just listen. Yeah. <laughs> um. I don't know. Uh, Veronica writes in, my husband was a Marine in Desert Storm under General Schwarzkopf. He says that part of Gump and Co. sounds like someone told the writer the plot to a few good men and he tried to condense it into a sentence. (laughs) And she also says if a commanding officer told a soldier to commit a crime, they'd both be court-martialed for what it's worth. So, uh, yeah, almost as if for a guy with such a strong knowledge of military history, he was not aware of that fact.
0: (laughs) He really glossed over an entire
1: war there. (laughs) Um, This is uh, from Harris. He says, I really loathe Little Forest. I'm not sure we're supposed to find him pleasant, but he's not. And he doesn't change throughout the book. The first time we meet him, he's... I read an article once that said if we do X, Y, and Z, we can fundamentally alter the nature of an entire industry. And then the last time we meet him, he says, I read an article once that says if we do X, Y, and Z, we can fundamentally alter the nature of an entire industry. And probably needing hundreds of of dollars to implement any of these plans, Forrest does it over the afternoon with a shovel, and he's never treated as preternaturally genius other than him being sort of ahead of in school, but not crazy ahead. <laughs>
0: Well, there's another trait that you left out is that he is able to chew an entire Oscar <laughs> brochure into a the largest spitball you've ever seen. That is a it's an odd character trait, yeah, but it's, it's definitely uh, at the top of his character list.
1: I remember in our Starship Troopers live show, there was a scene where it panned to. Uh, Denise Richards grinning her sort of Denise Richards grin and the line was just I can fit an entire can of tuna in my mouth (laughs) so I think that's what Forrest has going for him so we've got to reread the book with that uh, with that picture his huge mouth but Harris also says this is definitely in the top quarter of books you've done it's a quick read and while terrible it's not dreading every page terrible it was fun though I'm glad it didn't overstay its welcome by teaching us how Forrest was responsible for developing the Atari E.T. game (laughs) So, I mean, it, agree to disagree on uh, that. Uh, short and quick and, you know, <laughs> while terrible is something that you're saying, while terrible, it's still in the top quarter of books you've ever done.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't give it a break. Just call it terrible and leave it at that. <laughs>
1: uh, this was from Everett. Um, he wrote in an email with a subject line, Alaskan here. Uh, so this is about the uh, last section of the book. And yeah. uh, his email address, I obviously won't give it out here, but it ended in at alaskan.com. So, I think uh, he, he's, he's proven he's legit here.
0: That is legit.
1: He says, hello, I am an Alaskan, and as such, I found Forrest Gump's description of Alaska pretty much spot on. I'm not, I'm not reading along, nor a Patreon supporter, but I'd like to say the description of polar bears and walruses and other dangers from the podcast are basically my everyday concerns. I have literally had bald eagles steal my ice-fishing fish. Now, he, he was kidding. Anyway, I figure you might like to hear that as a fun fact, and, and this, that as a fun fact, this part is serious. My dad was in charge of the Alaska National Air Guard the night the Exxon Valdez went down. Therefore, he was one of the first to hear about it, and he was responsible for mobilizing the response to the wreck. When I told him that, according to Winston Groom, the character of Forrest Gump was in charge of the ship, he gave me the most withering look I've ever seen and made <laughs> me feel bad I brought it up. <laughs> oh, dear. I hope he still respects me after hearing that, but whatevs, I've got harpoons to dodge. <laughs> So uh yeah it's probably anyone who might have uh you know dealt with the aftermath of one of the many disasters or incidents he describes here probably uh, might not hear their thing being reduced to a uh drunken benny hill brawl on the uh, on a cruise ship
0: he ends weekly with uh, Mr McGiver was the...
2: <laughs> uh, I got to go <laughs>
1: Uh, this one's from Elizabeth. Uh, she, we Last uh, last uh, episode, we congratulated a listener couple who we thought were the first uh, couple to get engaged that listened to it. And she said, just wanted to know that a listener named Will and I got engaged in January 2021. Will is the uh, co-founder of the uh, 372 Facebook uh, fan group. So we beat Janelle and Andrew to that phase. Uh, oh, nice. He's, he nice. never writes in, but he did call in the last time we had a Patreon show. Uh, we've discussed playing the theme song as I come down the aisle <laughs> with a little explanation to the guests so they don't freak out, but we're not, we, we've drawn the line at dressing in the inflatable suits. Joe, come yeah. <laughs> on.
0: In for a penny, in for a pound.
1: <laughs> yes, but uh, congratulations to them. If that does happen, let us know. It could be that next uh, viral dance down the aisle that they... Uh, yes. That, or it could just, uh, you know, it could just have a a uh, a elderly relative who spent $800 on a plane ticket to fly there, getting up and shaking his head and walking out of the <laughs> <our> venue. <so. laughs> oh, that's lovely. Yeah, congratulations. Uh, Alexander, uh, this is the last email, he says, uh, he has a theory here Um The the book writer signed a deal for the profits, which we did cover, and then was not paid anything because the studio claimed the movie lost money, and then he sued. Shortly after that, he dropped the lawsuit, saying he understood once the accounting was explained to him and the studio bought the rights to Gump & Co. So Alexander's theory is what happened is the studio, not wanting to reveal their Hollywood accounting system and lose the lawsuit, agreed to buy the rights to Gump & Co. for a large amount of money in trade for him dropping the suit. The book itself may have been rushed out without much thought to facilitate the payout. Makes about as, as much sense as anything as far as I'm concerned.
0: Wait, is this all a theory or does he know? I think it's all a theory. All a theory. Okay, okay. I thought maybe that part was... Uh, it, I mean,
1: it could be. It could be. No. Wow. Um, you know, yeah. We, we'll buy the book. We're clearly not going to make the movie. So just, you know, get something out there that, that resembles a, a novel, Winston.
0: Yes. And in that theory, then he would have allowed himself that little bit of, you know, like, I'm going to jab a thumb in their eye. A little bit at the beginning and then at the end, right? Yes. Yep. And Mm so the Hollywood exec is like, whatever.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You really got us. I'm going to go like, you know, just light some more money on fire for fun. (laughs) You enjoy painting those miniatures. I'm
0: going to drive my Cadillac with the top down and flirt with that granny. That's what I'm going to (laughs) do.
1: All right. Well, let's wrap it up with our final dumb sentences of the book a sentence begins with a capital letter a capital letter is a letter that's big a capital letter is not a small letter a capital letter is big 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 a sentence all right this one is from Heather she said as far as the eye could see out in the desert from horizon to horizon our tanks and personnel carriers and mechanized guns is lined up in all directions she objected to there being multiple horizons because there is there is just one it's continuous (laughs) she questioned why they would be lined up in all directions they should be Facing the same direction. Otherwise, they're going to run into and shoot each other. (laughs) Uh, Well, I mean, Jamie and Mark B both uh, submitted. um, When they're out there to take a shit, they can grab a hold of the end of the shoes and it keeps them on balance. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Lindsay submitted, uh, all through the channel in the back bay, I could hear fog horns of boats and bells from the buoys and things. And the sun is setting like a big old red biscuit through the mist (laughs) Uh, ah those red biscuits yes every sentence is a picture is a painting um Here's uh, Jeffrey submitted. The good news is, for those of you who wish to start killing and dying, which, if you didn't know, is your business. you are going to be afforded every opportunity, thanks to some, some bitch called Saddam Hussein, who is the Arab in charge of Iraq and who has now started a war with our old com- own commander-in-chief, the United States of America President George Herbert Walker Bush. That's all one sentence. And he's, uh, he, <laughs> he says that uh, Groom's incessant portrayal of the military is a bunch of hick rubes mindlessly sign up to be cannon fodder uh, hit critical mass with this shit <laughs> <laughs> uh, which is yeah it's a weird thing for the uh, t- again what what do we know about this guy uh, he's a military scholar so it's, a, it's an odd uh, just a very odd portrayal uh, this one's from Mike uh, the post oh yeah he submitted the no time for sergeants <laughs> <laughs> deeply unnecessarily cleaning and why in the world do we need a movie reference to understand cleaning toilets let alone that movie, like yes. Uh, uh, Hayden and Craig both submitted uh, Lieutenant Dan's uh, summation of the last, uh, the first three quarters of the book. Uh, you done tricked the Ayatollah, got thrown in jail, blah blah blah. Yeah, yeah, wow. <laughs> um, Amanda submitted uh, us in the city of Baghdad it was about as welcome as a tank full of bastards at a family reunion. She speculated that tankful just might have been on his mind because they were trying to look for a tank full of gas at the time. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> um, even though they were in a tank. So who knows which one it is. There's two tanks going on. Uh, Blake submitted this one, which I missed, but it's very funny. He's talking about his relationship with Gretchen. It was now generally too cold to go on picnics up in the mountains as the Alps become chilly in the winter. Oh. <laughs> uh, I intentional? Put that to,
0: I've, one of his dumb... It's just... I, as I said, I wrote a note that says... His irrelevancies and his jokes are indistinguishable. Sure, yes. Like, you know what I mean? It's, like, is that a joke? If you have to ask, is it a joke or not, then you have, you have failed. Right. But I think he would say that, you know, any, his failures are also jokes would be his cover.
1: Right. And but, that, Oh,
0: that? Yeah, that's a, that's, that's a joke.
1: Yeah, and because Forrest is, is dumb, obviously, that's the whole point of it. But that reads like something, um, like a, a line from Wikipedia. You know, yeah, like it's not something that like a, a dumb person, you know, Forrest clearly is at the point where he understands understand seasons and the t- yes. t- changes, changes, changes that they go along with them. I don't know uh, uh,
0: here. Wait, here's one that uh, this is an example of joke or irrelevancy. Uh, me and Sergeant Krantz, who has now been promoted to corporal and Lieutenant Dan are in command of one of the tanks. You know what I mean? Is, is that, that a-, a joke? Me and Sergeant Krantz, who has <laughs> now been promoted to corporal
1: is that a downgrade in military i don't know yeah i don't know well
0: remember he was busted down oh. to like oh. buck buck private Got it. but but it's just like if it's not a joke do we need to know that or care it's never brought up again it has nothing to do with anything so i'm guessing it is in his mind some sort of joke <laughs> but i don't care
1: right, and yes. i didn't
0: want to have to figure that out so it just irritated
1: me yeah that's very clumsy I guess it's, you know, if he always calls him Lieutenant Dan post army, and it's a joke because Lieutenant Dan is probably not what you'd call him. Um, He's always going to call him Sergeant Kranz because that's how he got introduced to him initially. Yes. Even once he was busted down. uh. (sighs) Janelle submitted this one, which is another one that is just, he just didn't care. It is also hot. This is talking about them driving out to Baghdad in the tank. It is also hot. And with five people inside the tank, it is even hotter he just said not five pages ago he said the tanks were air conditioned so i don't know what's going on there uh harris submitted the uh, chinese gong sound uh for mrs hopewell and uh andrew submitted the sentence a mad giant tiger which is the sentence after he described a uh, a noise as being something that would be from a giant tiger he just doubled down to describe it as a, a mad giant tiger oh god i have one sentence we didn't dress uh, address which is uh Saddam Hussein, sorry, Saddam Hussein is one happy bastard, and he is cussin' and crying and calling up to his Allah. <laughs> That's just another one, sort of like that other one I asked you if you had just read that before we started a book. Like, here's one that we're going to go into. Like, enjoy the ride, folks.
0: <laughs> uh, well, I have read this already, but I'll read it again, and I'll ask you to put yourself in the same frame of mind. Okay. Do you want to read this book? <laughs> On your way, you degenerate turd, says Sergeant Krantz, and he give old Saddam a big kick in the ass.
1: <laughs> Fat ass or just... Yeah. A bit, yeah. If we had had either of those beforehand, it uh, would have been uh, a good guessing game as to what we were about to read. <laughs> yes. <laughs> All right. Well, we did it. We did it. We did it. That was book 20. That's uh, quite a journey, and thanks to everyone who took the long with us, especially everyone at patreon.com slash 372pages.
0: And we will have to get together soon and decide on the next book.
1: Yeah, and uh, another fun announcement that we have coming up. Maybe we'll put that in the text of the uh, Patreon uh, Patreon uh, description so people can get a little head start on that. But I've got yes. I've got one more Coke to drink, too, because we hit that goal, but we never hit your... Uh, no, you we know, didn't and, hit... And I believe they, they expire. I think, you know, it had to hit it during Gump and Co. We're not going to be going to, you know, Gump and Company, whatever... Gum Shrimp Company, as we're reading Ready Player Three or something. Well, I don't know. I'll
0: show you the menu. Okay, and, uh, you know if you're in town, sure.
1: uh, might as well. <laughs> we could do it. We can embrace the irony, but we'll, we'll see. It depends if, uh, yeah, it depends what we have to. If we're in the vicinity, maybe. I've never yeah. been to the Mall of America, so
0: mm, you're in for a treat. Uh, yeah, so that that's a little hint of a. We have a big announcement coming. Yeah,
1: we'll uh, we'll get to that soon. But yeah, thanks yeah. everybody. We'll we'll be back with something else soon. And thanks to Patreon supporters. And uh, you know, keep your keep your asses out of the jackpot. I guess.
0: Uh, keep assing around, everyone. <laughs> so long.
1: Bye.